0: Episode 9 of the RF Generation Playcast for December 2014. This is GreyGhost81. We have a very special show for you this time. No special guests, just all four of your hosts, Single Banana, Tech Wizard, Fleech, and myself, together once again to discuss the shoot-'em-ups of the combined modern and retro shmup competition for December. But that's only the beginning. In our second segment, we'll take a look back at the year that was 2014 and count down each of our top five games from the community playthroughs. My spoiler warning is minimal this time, so go ahead and listen with reckless abandon even if you haven't played the games. Lastly, we have some important news about the playthrough committee. As on this episode, we say farewell to a member of our crew. Who will it be? Stay tuned to find out. As always, you can listen to the show on Podomatic, iTunes, and YouTube, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Come on over to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss all the wonderful games we play. Seriously, as you hear this, we're off playing some awesome games together and discussing them on the forum at RF Generation. Join us, won't you? Thank you as always for listening, and now, on with the Playcast.
1: Alright, so this month we've got a special show for you for our December playthrough. As most of you know who are on the site, we decided to um, do a little repeat of our Streets of Rage competition from last December, and we decided to do some shooters, as was the site's request. Uh, For some of the shooters, we voted on them, and others, uh, the modern side, uh, we had a lot of suggestions and people just sort of picked some of our games. Uh, joining me this month, uh, I've got Gray Ghost eighty one Sean. What's up, everybody? All right, I've got Fleech Floyd.
2: How are you, gentlemen?
1: All right, and I've got Jamie, our tech wizard, as most of you know him on the site. Hey, everyone, how are you doing? All right. So, uh, just um, to kind of talk a little bit, we'll maybe start with some of our modern uh, shoot 'em ups. Uh, during week one, we played um, Gradius and um, just want to get some thoughts on how you guys felt about this game
2: it's hard hard really hard <laughs> to sum it up in one word
3: yeah <laughs> that sums up a lot it's of these Nintendo games actually
1: hard. <laughs> right yeah. right um I, I agree the game is super difficult um but i i remember as being a kid just being so frustrated with this game but Ironically, this time, playing it, it was one of those games I would play, and I'd have a decent run, and I'd be, okay, one more time. You know, I would just keep coming back to it, coming back to it. And I, I don't know, it was was anyone else, did anyone else have that sort of feeling this time playing it?
2: For sure. No. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> even, even though a lot of these games are really tough, uh, you know, like, they're fun, and you just want to go back to them.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
2: it's definitely a lot of replay value, and it uh, has a addictive
0: just-one-more-time uh, element to it. All
1: right, I think we're going to get a dissenting opinion from Sean here. <laughs> <laughs> Always well, a contrarian.
0: I, I actually am going to... Um, I found that playing these games for... Playing any or all of these games for a high score was not within my comfort zone, and... Um, that's why I I kind of gave up on on Gradius really quickly, and I I remember this game from my childhood, and I have a, a nostalgia for it. But I uh, I had a, such a hard time with it, and like thinking too much about getting a high score, that I kind of backed off it. But I I just think it's you know like I said, it's Nintendo hard, and it's it's crazy. There's so much stuff going on the screen. But my main point is like. These games like some of these games but Gradius especially it's like you 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 become this perfectionist that you don't want to be or at least I didn't like okay I got to hit the first five guys and then speed up then I go down hit the next five guys get the next power up okay missiles okay like it's like and then if you miss if you mess up like even people were mentioning on the forum thread right. like if I didn't do it right I just reset the game like if I died in the uh-huh. first level I reset the game and it's like that's not fun to me like if I was a kid and playing this game over the summer, but I had to freaking play all t- all eight of these games, or however many we're playing, and it's like <laughs> I got things to do, and I, I actually wanted to play, um I wanted to play the other games in the the Konami Gradius kind of series. So mm-hmm. I, I I played Gradius two, I played Life Force, I played Salamander and they are different I played uh, Parodius I played a bunch of stuff just to kind of get the feel and Gradius was by far the the hardest and like I don't want to say primitive but like just you could tell they were getting their legs beneath them making that it's still great it's a great game but sure. that's that's I got that's that's my thoughts on
1: it yeah, no, no, I mean, all good points. And to kind of reiterate, one of the things you were talking about is the... Because I think I was the one that probably brought that up about, is anyone else doing this? Is anyone else like kind of resetting? Like, you know, at the beginning, like when you die, you reset. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that. I'm. It's, it's one of those things where with this game, the thing you have to do, you have to get the power-ups. You have to get your ship powered up. You have to stay powered up. And that's the difficulty in it because once you... Once you die and you lose those power ups, you get put in a situation where it's very difficult to advance and it's very difficult uh, to power up again. So for me, being on that first stage, if I didn't have a good run in the in the first stage, I just hit reset, you know. And to me, that was okay because I'm I'm only on the first stage. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah,
4: and I did the same thing, and uh, it got to the point where it was happening so frequently. But uh I got a little annoyed with having to constantly get up off the couch and hit the reset button because my n e s isn't really, really right in front of me. it's a little bit farther away, so I got this like massive stick and I was smacking the reset button every time <laughs> every time I died <laughs> and that actually worked pretty good. It was a lot easier than getting up and tripping over the cords on the controller to get to the System. Behold, when I'm reset getting stick. really pissed off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Reminded me of that episode where Cartman gets so huge, like the beefcake Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see you sitting on the couch with a stick. <laughs> a reset button. <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's yeah. funny. I actually played um I played Gradius and Lightning Force, um, emulated on my dreamcast so Mm. i was able to do uh there's like a keystroke that you can do to just go back Uh, to the main menu or reset or whatever so i didn't have to do that but i had the drawback of playing these games with the wrong controller and i would argue the one of the least ideal controllers for this kind Mm. of thing but but it was fine hey rich i wanted to ask you not to totally derail this conversation right away but I noticed when I played um, Life Force and then Salamander uh-huh. that in Life Force they don't show you what your power ups are at the bottom of the screen the way they do in Gradius mm. and in Salamander. But it's a, like Life Force and Salamander are the same game, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you know why? I know you uh. own a copy of Salamander, it just it didn't make sense to me. Like they did it in the American version of Gradius, right? And in Salamander same exact you know menu system at the bottom but in uh Life Force they only give you just one one little rectangle at the bottom that has oh. your power ups in it and if right. if somebody was playing for the first time and didn't understand the upgrade system it would be I think like you would be kind of confused and I'm I, I don't know why they did that Then did it's you weird. play
1: these from cart or did you emu- emulate these just to, for clarification
0: I I emulated Salamander but I I okay. I also emulated Life Force, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember it being that way too. So okay. but I could be wrong.
1: I, I haven't um, I haven't played either game in so long, to be honest with you. I've I've not played Salamander yet and Oh, okay. Um I, I have it, but as everyone knows that owns a copy of Salamander, a lot of the reason you own Salamander is because it's the coolest looking cart on the Famicom. Right. <laughs> it's that uh, clear agreed. blue. And and that's one of the reasons I got it. So I have not uh plugged that game in yet, but I, I mean I do have it. Um so I'm gonna have to defer to probably one of our listeners or put some show notes in later to Yeah, you know, if anybody
0: knows, post it in the forum. Absolutely. I'm curious.
1: Absolutely, but great question. And and that's that's a cool thing too about playing Gradius is that you know, it it made you go out and want to play some of these other games, um, you know, some of the other things in the series as well. And so that, you know, that says a lot about the game, and it, it's an old game, um, it feels like an older game when you're playing it. It, it is hard, as, as most of um, the early Nintendo games were, but I, I think, you know, um, and we'll kind of move on to our next game, R-Type Final, R-Type Final and other games borrow a lot from the Gradius, uh, the original Gradius, and I, I think that's what makes it such an important game, and um, I... I don't know. I, I really liked having a a classic like Gradius um, win the voting. I was really happy to see it. I don't think I voted for it. I, I voted for uh, Dragon Force, which is I mean, excuse me, Dragon Spirit, which is my favorite shooter on the original Nintendo. But yeah, I was too. really happy to, to see Gradius uh, make make the cut.
0: Yeah, I, I was. Uh, well, I I said this on the forum. I was disappointed because I wanted to play Gradius Three, which is mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more manageable of a game to play, uh, and I also. I'm a big fan of Dragon Spirit, so yeah. Oh well, that's we we let democracy uh, take action, and sometimes <laughs> that's what happens. Sometimes it works, and sometimes and it doesn't. <laughs> uh,
1: but if you haven't played Dragon Spirit on the Turbo Graphics, Sean, I would say um, you de- it's a game you definitely want to get and check out if you're a big Dragon Spirit fan. And for all of you listeners out there who have not played Dragon Spirit, um, give it a shot. It's it's a fantastic shooter, as, yeah. as Sean will tell you. All right, so um, on the R-Type final, um, just ready to get some thoughts on this. Um, I know there was a little, um, on the forums, there was a little uh, discussion about some people saying R-Type games probably weren't their favorite uh, shooters, and uh, just kind of want to get your take on that and also on this game. Well, you know. Uh, was this the
2: one that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I like that it um, it had a really old school feel to it. Mm hmm. Um, like it kind of brought me back to those, and uh, like NES or Super NES shooters, or even the arcade shooters. Um, and that that's that's what drew me in and kept me going.
4: Was this the one that had the uh, problem where people couldn't uh, check their high scores, or was that cyanide?
1: Uh, cyanide? No, that was UN
0: Squadron. Yeah, UN Squadron. Oh, okay.
1: Our tight Final was a little tough too because. What you had to do, uh, people had a little trouble doing this as well, checking high score on this because you had to save your game and then you had to go back through the options menu to see what your highest score was because your your score resets to zero after every continue. Which for us, and you know, a playthrough is sort of is sort of perfect. Um, I, I know someone said, "Well, I, I wanted to use my, I just want to die and just stop right there and not continue, but use my high score." Well. Mm-hmm. They said because you can exploit some stuff later in the game. Well, my kind of thought on that was, if you're good enough to get further into the game and get a higher score, then you're obviously the best shoot um, uh, shoot 'em up player of this game anyway, right? So, I mean... I really didn't care. I mean, if, if yeah. people wanted to post that first score, if they continued and got a high score uh, from that point on, I mean, you know, I was fine with it. So
4: yeah, if they managed to actually use continue and then still get a winning high score, that's pretty impressive because usually yeah. resetting back to zero it makes you uh, pretty crippled there for any scores.
1: Absolutely, and you you pick up a lot of points usually from the beginning of uh, of a game too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I as as I said before, I, I think that there is a Relationship between Gradius and R-Type, which I'm I'm really happy we played them in the same week. It's not something that, um, you know, that I thought about uh, before we played these games. But you you've got certain things. You've got the um, uh, you've got the options that sort of float around um in R-Type, just like you did in in Gradius. Um, I think I think you have like a shield that you can actually get in R-Type that you also do it. Well, your um, uh, I'm not sure what it's called. The little icon that sits in front of you is sort of like a shield. Do you know what I'm talking about? The little ball yeah, that floats oh, out. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's a
0: couple different things. I, I like that the um, the option is like a uh, almost like an assistant to you. You can strategically move it around the screen and mm-hmm. kind of bounce it off yourself, or put it in front or behind. Right. And, uh, so that was pretty neat.
1: Yeah. And it also had like the little options as well, like you had in Gradius, just a little kind of like little flames. I think they're like little balls that floated above you that would fire as well. Right. Um, and so so you had that as well, which was really cool. But going back to what you were talking about, Sean, the the power up or the, or the ball, I really like that portion of the game because you can, like you said, you can throw it, you can manipulate it, you can make it come back to you or stay out on, you know, like a boss enemy or something like that, but you could also use it as a shield because it would absorb shots. And that becomes a big part of that game and being able to score high is by manipulating that and using that, um, to absorb shots either from the front or the back, you know, so, um, Seems like a logical uh, evolution off of radiuses, uh, just plain attacking, uh, options. Right, right. And shields. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I don't know what everyone's favorite part of this game, but I really, really thought this was one of the most beautiful games that we've played this month. Um, there, were, there were a lot of, um, a lot of stages that had this like really liquid feel. I think it was the second stage that had the, um, that had the water that you could go beneath or stay above. Um, and just just the, the look of it like sort of the, the flora and fauna um, you know, of that board. And then also just, like I said, the liquid, um, it was really beautiful. It was a really, really pretty game to play.
0: Yeah. I wish I could have seen more of it. I only made it to the second level. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: (laughs) I don't think I made it much further. I think I made it to the third. So, um, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful game. And I had mentioned something, um, with, when we were playing Gradius, um, there was this, you could actually skip stages, and there was something very similar to that in R-Type Final. Um, I was playing a few times, and what would happen is my stage two would be different than it was the first time, so it was just sort of a random sort of generated thing of these sort of um, almost hidden stages uh, that you would play, and I thought that was um, just completely fantastic. Did yeah that's always kind of interesting um,
4: uh, I didn't uh this is actually one of the games I don't own, so I didn't get a chance to play this. I just watched a little bit of it on YouTube but uh, yeah, I always like it when they do that where it's not just straight memorizing things. it's more like you have to get good at the techniques and learn them and because the stages are changing so much
3: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. yeah we I mean we had decent participation in uh, our type final, but it wasn't um and I've noticed this through the weeks we've we've had sort of like... Uh, it seems like a retro game has a lot of participation, as Gradius did, and a lot of high scoring there. But then the uh, the more modern game seems to have a little bit of a um, a, a bit of a drop off, and people sort of posting scores later in the week. And mm-hmm. I think people are just trying to be focused, like on one game at a time, you know, and then posting a score or waiting for scores to come up, and then trying to you know um, trying to move up or beat those scores as they get posted. So we'll see how it goes. I when think we do, it's but
0: a was... retro bias. Do you really? <laughs> a bit. little
1: bit, yeah. Uh, yeah I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I think I kind of agree because
4: uh, uh, throughout all of the playthroughs we do, it always seems to kind of favor the retro side a little bit more than the modern, except for the odd month. Yeah, um, well. I think it's just the, the crowd we have on our gen is a bit more of an older generation
1: for the
0: most part. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's makes some
1: sense. Tr- there's some truth in that. I I, I do. And think we too picked that-
0: some not not quite common games on the modern side. Like our type final isn't yeah. like some dirt common game, and neither is Zionide for that matter. So. Yeah, hmm. well, I don't think but many I- of
1: the games on the modern side are dirt common games in, in right. general. I mean, I think that. I mean, I lo- I love shoot 'em ups. It's one of my favorite genres. But I think in the on the more modern systems. I think that we don't get a lot of that, at least in the States. I can't speak for, you know, what's mm. released in Japan or anywhere else overseas, but it's, it almost seems like a, a genre that's sort of dying out in a way. And yeah,
4: it's definitely something that had its high day in arcades and all that. And once those died out, people are a little less interested in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're moving on to, um, you know, more first-person shooter type things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are those are the big thing now. It's it's, it's a popularity Um It's really a popular thing because I was looking for, and I was thinking, well, uh, you know, I'm getting the PlayStation 3 for Christmas, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll, um, I'm going to look see what kind of shooters there are on the system. I mean, there's really nothing. I think there's like one helicopter shooter, you know, that's really hard to find on the entire PS3. And then I'm just kind of like, wow,
4: (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's a little disappointing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, when you're when you're playing sh- shmups, I think you kind of have to go back and play more retro titles because that's really where they were available. So, mm-hmm. but you know, just well, just maybe, my opinion. Maybe with the abundance
4: of uh, first-person shooters nowadays, uh, someday we I could do some sort of. Uh... FPS competition or something sure. like that. You never know.
0: Sure, why not? Well, also, we we didn't really play anything that was that would be considered a bullet hell. And, and that's, sure. that's, that's true. That's where shooters, that's where shmups are now. Yeah, you're and right. we, we really didn't touch on that genre. There are actually a, quite a few on the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them aren't uh, released in North America, but there are a lot that are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could have done uh, Ikaruga or, oh, yeah. you know, there's, there, there's a lot, you know, the, the, the bullet hell genre that we didn't, you know, we didn't touch on for this competition is definitely kind of a side, yeah. uh, side thing that we, we didn't do. So,
1: but even those have moved more toward PC games, right? I mean, I, I can't speak for the Xbox 360, but I know on the GameCube, um, you know, really all you have is chaos field and Ikaruga and, and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bullet hell shooters. On that system, so even so, even you know something as late as the, or I guess kind of mid-range as far as video games are concerned now, as the GameCube, there's still not a lot, you know, still not a lot on that, and 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 shooters have changed too, you know, I mean it's not just the typical. Um, you know, ship shooters that, that we have these days, de- uh, or that we used to have. You know, you've got a m- lot more stuff like rail shooters, which we'll, you know, definitely talk yeah, about later. Sin and Punishment,
4: which actually I was going to mention, I think for week three we could see a bit more of a split uh, evenly between the games, because I think Sin and Punishment is going to be pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a, it's a cool game. But I, I i do kind of disagree about that but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see but i don't know once you start playing it's pretty fun uh, and like personally between yeah.
4: that and lightning force I, i'm preferring sin punishment right now
1: okay okay uh so right now we're um as, as everyone knows we record these a little earlier so we we've all um you know gotten to um, play a little bit of some of the games and we're we're at the end of week two right now as we're recording this and um uh, the two games are UN Squadron and Cyanide uh, on the Xbox. Um, we recently, and congratulations to Mr. Jerry Greenwood for actually finishing UN Squadron. As Jamie had mentioned before the call, we didn't think anyone would be finishing a game this month, as as hard as some of these games are. So, uh, big congrats to him! Congrats! <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess while we're at it, I'll go ahead and uh, announce the participants for this month. Um, we've got a um, Metal Fro, one of our newer members, who is um, who actually put up 10 points on each of the first two games um, and is really kind of taking over the uh, competition right now. Yeah, currently in the week two, he's in the lead, yeah. 20 points. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Greenwood's really putting it on him, though. He's, um, he's had some great scores. It looks like he's um, didn't play one of the games in the first week, but um, hopefully we'll see him uh, kind of press on and move up um, and duke it out toward the top. And Retro Rage has been putting up some good scores as well. Um, and um, also participating, myself, uh, uh, Tech Wizard, Gray Ghost 81 uh, Duke Togo, actually played some Gradius, uh, Engineer Mike, and uh, AE.TC has uh, been playing some uh, with us, he just posted his first score um, as we speak. But to go to UN Squadron, um, this is a um, very popular um, shooter for the Super Nintendo. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you know, this was a title when I started collecting for the Super Nintendo. I I was sort of I always thought it was a hidden gem, but I, I was quickly corrected that no people know about this game.
0: Yeah, this game is awesome. I've had it in my collection for a while, and I'm I'm not even like a shmup guy, but I I yeah I knew about this game like a long time ago that it that it was a must have, and I have like um, I have a pretty cool like recent nostalgia for this game because it's like a year or two ago, just one night. Uh, One summer night it was hot, but it was like raining and kind of cooling off in the evening. And I just popped it in to try it out. And I ended up getting all the way to the final boss because I was just like blown away by how cool the game was and how deep it is and the progression system. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I got to the end, I couldn't beat the final boss, I was playing it on easy, or whatever the easiest difficulty is, very easy, I think, Mm -hmm. but still, my experience that night was like, wow, like, just unforgettable, like, you know, I remember the first time I played UN Squadron, like, that's how cool of a game it is, you know?
1: Well, it's a neat game, you know, it's um, published by Capcom, which, you know, is an immediate draw for anyone, you know, Um, as most people know, I mean, just a very popular developer, you know, you know... If they're producing something on the Super Nintendo, you know the graphics are going to be tight. Uh, you know it's going to be a fun game. Um, you start off being able to select between um, three pilots, which is, of course, Jerry has told me already. My, my the pilot I've selected is a piece of crap. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, but good to know, I guess. Um, it, it's one of those I was kind of thrown into, and I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't realize. Okay, well, what's the difference between these? these fighters, they, they give you an idea, but you really don't realize how that kind of affects you or impacts you, um, up to end game, you know? And so I I guess I picked my pilot because my pilot could take the most damage. And that was sort of my thought on that. I was like, uh, I'm probably not going to make it to the end of this game. Anyway, I'm trying to go for a high score up front, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's why I, I posted on the forum that I stopped playing it because I'm not the, I guess we should discuss the whole problem with the high score thing. Absolutely. I mean, what a what a cluster that was because we didn't we didn't realize that the game for how great it is does not display your high score after you game over, whether you continue or whatever. Like, so what taking kind
4: of a up is it, to
0: not have a good high yeah, score. it's crazy. It's it's like unthinkable. Like what this design choice? I I can't figure out why they would do that, but uh yeah i i found it very stressful to try to pause the game before (laughs) i died and it was taking away from my enjoyment so i cried like a baby and stopped playing (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: it almost seems like it might be better to have a video going while you're doing it because then you wouldn't have to worry about it you could just like take a freeze frame out of the video and use that to post your high score at the end
0: there you go Uh, if i had a capture device i would do that yeah
4: or even just have a camera sitting beside you on like a table or something?
0: Yeah,
1: and, and and I tried to get around it. I mean, anytime we have a competition month, I mean, there are ways that that people can manipulate a lot of the games that we play. Whether it's changing the settings as far as easy to hard, or whether it be punching in some sort of code, uh, playing with a game genie, you know, whatever. I mean, our community is one where we we rely on a lot of trust. So. Uh, I think that everyone, you know, has been very trustworthy as far as what their scores are. And so my kind of thought on it was, okay, you know, kind of keep beside of you what maybe what the top three scores are during the game. Once you surpass one of the scores, pause your game real quick, take a quick photo, keep playing, uh, you know, not something that's going to disrupt you too much. And then when you get to the end of the game just sort of jot down what your score was you know as long as you can kind of see the you know a, a photograph of someone surpassing the other score you know there's not going to be much of a debate about where you fail sort of in between scores if that makes sense
0: yeah you know, we we're all with that that's fine
1: yeah yeah so that was sort of a way to get around it but i I, I definitely I'm, I'm with you sean I, I think you know why is why is it this way why did they decide to you know, not not have a score. I mean, you, you obviously get a score in the game. Why can't I see it, you know, when it's over, when the game's yeah. over? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's wild.
1: A little frustrating. game is tough as nails, uh, I would say, on, on normal mode. Um, boss battles yeah. are pretty cool. Uh, but um, one of the things I think is really neat about it is the... Um, how you have the trucks in the, um, you know, where you can score extra points. And then you also have the enemy aircraft that go towards your base that you have to, uh, defend your base from before they get there, or you have to fight, uh, every battle once they get to your base.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the early, uh, attempts at, like a shmup rpg hybrid Mm -hmm. i mean we have more games like that nowadays with uh infinite space and 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 there are others but you can actually grind in this game kind of just you know doing the trucks and Mm -hmm. doing all the different side missions you got to be careful because your base is getting attacked all the time but Mm uh if you can handle yourself when that happens uh you can really bank and And become powerful so it's definitely like the progression thing is so cool in this game it's it's really amazing what they did
4: yeah it's interesting that you actually have to defend things too it's not just a all-out attack the whole time like you have kind of things you have to escort uh, then Uh, this is one of the ones i didn't play so i don't know from experience
0: yeah you start with a map you have one mission that you can open and then as soon as you finish that one A lot more open but the whole time you have like a home base that's being attacked so you have to choose um it's it's almost like a real-time strategy when you're in your menu selection screen and then but if you just wait if you wait too long you just have to go into a a level that is all airplanes and you're fending off the attack and Hmm. so it's there's no like real consequence but um it, it's it's like it's a contextual... Idea, yeah, exactly. It's like a dramatic contextual part of the, the story coming into the gameplay.
4: Hmm. Kind of an explanation for why you're doing what you're doing? Not just yeah. generic, shooting everything for no reason?
0: Right. Well, this thing, I, I wanted to do more research on this, but I didn't really have time. It's based on a manga, which I don't know if oh, it okay. actually is an anime or not, but hmm. it's called... Um, uh, I'm going to mess it up. I want to say area 88. I know it's, it's something 88. I believe area 88. So this whole thing is based on an established fiction. And that's that's part of what makes it so rich. I think, you know, you you have established characters and a story, you know, going into it. So interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was probably released before uh, uh, manga was really big in the US too. So um it seems to translate very well to people who just, you know, who just really love shooters. You know, sometimes that can be a, um, a detriment, right, to um, right. to some games. You know, you have a, an idea of, of how something should, you know, be in your mind. And mm. uh, it's, you know, either worse or better than what you thought it was going to be. So
4: i just yeah. did a little quick uh, wiki search here, and it looks like it was Area 88. And um, apparently there's also... Uh, they did a crossover update for the game called Ace Combat Infinity at one point, where it added uh, aircraft used by the main characters of Area 88 into that game. Hmm. But otherwise, it looks like the only game based off of it was UN Squadron, which was ported to, like, everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the other game um, that we're playing this week is, um, Zionide on the Xbox, and, um, very, very interesting shooter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're the only one who's gonna be able to talk about this. Uh, because now, here's the thing. You know what's funny? Just a quick aside. I've never had problems with uh, motion sickness when playing a video game. I can play anything like you can flash colors at me, turn, you know, I can play Mario Galaxy forever. you know, change the perspective. Uh-huh. No problem. I've watched a couple of YouTube videos lately. Uh-huh. uh one had some uh one had like cool there's a level in the game cool spot where the background is scrolling really uh-huh. fast uh-huh. and it was like be careful this will give you motion sickness and I'm like nah so i watched it and it really turned my stomach i couldn't believe it <laughs> so i i go to watch uh some video on zionide today and i couldn't Handle it, man! It oh, was, really? <laughs> all the perspective changes and everything. I think if I was playing the game, I would be fine. But something about watching, yeah, uh, yeah, you know these these twisted. You know, I, I should try and watch a video of Mario Galaxy or something to see how it would affect me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a neat game. It's uh it's a beautiful game. The um, um, if if anyone hasn't watched the opening to this game, um, uh, it's one of the coolest openings out there. Um you're you're basically your enemy. It's he's a uh he's a prisoner, it's this sort of shirtless like uh beautiful boy. I think we, we spoke about this during the um uh the Symphony of the Night um right. discussion. It's uh I, I'm gonna mess this up again. Bushonin or something to that nature, yeah. which means beautiful boy. Um it's this character and it's just this beautiful human. You're like, how could this person be evil? but you get these like little smirks and these kind of looks and the guy literally becomes like the most evil thing you've ever seen. I mean, it's just, it's just these little quirks and body language um, in this sort of opening uh, sequence. And um, it's, it's really cool. Um, And if you haven't watched the opening again, you know, go back and do that. So it starts out, it's got a good story going. Um, It's sort of a 3d shooter, as you, as you mentioned it, you know, you're completely always changing perspectives as far as you're shooting. Um, and it's a it's a thumbstick shooter, so you're basically using both thumbsticks. One is guiding your plane, and the other is um, guiding your fire, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I
4: always really like those. Uh, yeah. Just so it makes it more interesting than shooting straight all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a, It's a very beautiful game. It's sort of like you're inside of a... A machine or inside of a system you're, you're sort of trapped into this and you have to get through the machine to battle um uh the uh, I can't think of the evil guy's name right now maybe it'll pop into my head later um but you're um you're basically he's become part of this machine and he's sending these enemies at you as you're trying to battle through it and to a final confrontation with him um it, it's a really pretty game it's it's really tough uh but as I've played more of it, I've learned to appreciate it quite a bit more. Uh, the power ups and things like that aren't as exciting as they are on a lot of games. Uh, and so, while there there are things that do enhance your shooting, um, it's it's not it's not like um, a game sort of like um, you know like Lightning Force um, where you're you're getting these continual awesome like weapon upgrades. Um, so uh, to me, that's, that's a little bit of, of disappointing, but I think the gameplay as it is, is so great, uh, that it's one that I would, um, I would recommend. I know a lot of people complain about Xbox not having a lot of, you know, titles and there's really no use having an Xbox because most of the good games are ported to another system, but, um, this is one of the games that really, uh, to me, Uh, really stands out on this system and i think it's worth owning an xbox uh to have this game it's typically floats around 10 bucks or so uh so um it's definitely one xbox games are pretty affordable yeah 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 it's definitely one you should have in your system so um... i'm
4: watching a video as you're talking about it and it's definitely one i uh, am interested in buying now like just and the whole thing kind of reminds me of like some of the battles in the prequel movies of star mm-hmm, wars mm-hmm. Uh, you know with like all the fancy camera moves and right. lasers everywhere and all that kind of stuff it's just really cool yeah. and fun to watch yeah
1: as of as of now i have not posted any scores but i did play some before uh our call so i, I do have a score to post uh, uh by the end of the night but uh hopefully i'll be able to get in a few more runs before that and improve that <laughs> to to get somewhere near the top by the end of the week um so we'll move on to Lightning Force. Um, I know we haven't played this game yet or have not started week three, but I think some of us have gone ahead and played this or at least played it in the past and can talk a little about this game. Uh, Lightning Force is on uh, Sega Genesis, and is the, um, am I correct in this, the fourth installment of the uh, Thunder Force series?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually... I was looking again I played it emulated and when I was looking at the list of ROMs I didn't have a ROM called Lightning Force but I did have a ROM called Thunder Force 4 which is what I played and what my reading up on it is that um, you know Thunder Force 4 was released in North America as Lightning Force but I don't know if I was playing a, a European game or you, you know what I mean mm-hmm. so right. In any event, I I may not register a score for this because I'm not sure if I'm playing the right game, but um, I believe we're going to be talking about the same thing. Absolutely.
1: Um, Yeah, I I have no idea. I have not done the research as far as why this game was called Lightning Force, why they decided to change the name, because I know that, um, that overseas it was actually called Thunder Force 4. It was a very popular series. And I also don't know why they spelled the name wrong. yeah yeah it's like what am i trying to whiten in this game i can't figure it out (laughs) but uh but yeah it's a um just a fantastic uh shooter i was i was playing some of today i've played a lot of the thunder force series but never really played much of lightning force Uh, and it's pretty cool i mean you start out and you're there's four stages, and you get to select the order of the stages you want to go to first, which I think is a very cool concept. And for our month of competition, um, I feel like some, some people are going to be better at certain stages than others and are going to pick different mm-hmm. routes as far as how they want to move about through this game. Yeah, and I, I think thought that I was first... neat.
0: Go ahead, Jamie.
1: Sorry. Uh, so uh, I think when I first uh, played it,
4: I might have accidentally chosen what's uh, essentially the hardest level first because, like, I come in yeah. and there's just stuff everywhere and all these ships that you can't damage and yeah. like small little passageways to fit through. And, oh, I know. Um, that. Yeah, there's like know the air raid one. one. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that's a yeah, tough just one. Yeah, I was quite the uh, trial by fire with that. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, I actually looked up and tried to find if there is an
1: uh, a suggested order for like easiest yeah. to hardest. Yeah. And
4: I tried that and it was much better.
1: Um, yeah. A little bit better learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, there's a certain path you can pick and knowing um and knowing our participants on the forums and and just to reiterate how much fun we have doing this. It, it is a competition. There is a prize for winning this competition this month. It's a really awesome like wrestling belt with a uh, spinner in the middle, with a, uh, a model plane that's going to spin um, on the belt when I get through putting it together. But one of the most awesome things about our community is that everyone is so helpful. And everyone even talks about, hey, try going this way. Use this pilot instead of that one. Um, everyone wants it to be a good competition and wants to have a lot of fun with it, Mm -hmm. but they also want to help each each other out. And I think that's that's really neat, you know, and it kind of brings the community together as we're playing. Yeah, no one's
4: trying to sabotage each other to get a higher score or something like that for themselves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, fun game. Um, Again, one of the types of games where you can just... um, It borrows a lot from, um, as we've seen, uh, Gradius, uh, where you do get the options, where you can select... Uh, but it, but it also has a, um, a, a sort of an option uh, where when you get new weapons, you can kind of scroll through and pick weapons that maybe will shoot more behind you um, as opposed to in front of you. When you have when you're in certain spots where you have to shoot behind yourself.
4: Yeah, I really like that that you can actually choose the weapon, and you don't have to like uh, override it with a better one or something like that. You can go back to the worst ones if you wanted to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone realizes, because I didn't. Well, I guess we haven't gotten to week three yet, so maybe someone will point it out. But uh, uh, if you die with one of the upgrade weapons, mm-hmm. you lose that upgrade. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to one of the default ones, uh, if you see yourself maybe about to die, you can switch to the default, mm-hmm. and then you won't lose any of your upgrades because it only makes you lose the one you were selected mm-hmm. on. Right. So, I thought, uh, once I figured that out, that helped quite a lot, because I kept losing all my best weapons, and it's like, oh, well, if I do this, then I won't lose anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of those games that really implements um, what's ahead of you and what's behind you really well, and, and forces you to kind of choose your weapon that you're using in a certain part of the yeah. an area, um, and implements the backward shooting really well. Some games, it's sort of an afterthought, or... You'll just have some enemies sort of sneaking up behind you, and you got to take those out. But what I like about um, Lightning Force is that with the bosses and everything, it really implements um, those, the backward shooting with the bosses um, as well. And the bosses on this game are phenomenal they're just they're very intricate um they're they're tough as nails i mean you you have to put a ton of fire into them before they go down i noticed (laughs) but but uh you know you'll you'll take out one part of a boss and then um you know then then the boss may switch up its technique so it's it's a Mm -hmm. really intricate system and you can tell that there was um as we've talked before about other games a lot of love put behind this game a lot of you know really neat concepts and um
4: and this was one of the most uh, attractive of the retro games, at least out of the ones I've seen so yes, far. Yes, yes. Um, uh, like it had a lot of layers uh, to it. Uh, when you're outside, above the ocean there, and you can see the clouds uh, moving independently of the mountains behind. And Absolutely, it's a really good looking game.
1: It is a nice looking game. Um, the, I, I may get some argument from this, but I, I really think that the Sega Genesis was was the best uh, shoot 'em up systems out there. I, I think that they. Really took a lot of time. They they produced a lot of uh, shooters for for the system. A lot of especially the spaceship shooters. I know the Super Nintendo has some great ones as well. But um, to me, I feel like the uh, the Sega Genesis is uh, kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to, to shooters. I don't Sega know.
4: in general seems to be more of an arcade friendly system. Like uh, Dreamcast and Saturn are kind of the same way too. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nando- Nintendo is more uh, platformer focused than adventures and RPGs.
1: Right. Right. So we'll move on to um Sin and Punishment, which will be the game we play in week three on the modern side. Uh it's actually Sin and All Punishment right. Star Successor. This is the second uh in the series. We did not get the first game in the series. On At the least second. not
0: until Virtual Console. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right. All right. I'm gonna let me just put in my two cents here. I gotta I gotta this steal the game? floor. This is the <laughs> I've been dying to talk about this game <laughs> since I played it. Okay. Have that so in there, John Travolta. Still I have this. <laughs> so when we talked about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Rich, you and I had a, a quick little uh, aside about how there's really no such thing as a perfect game. We said that game is so close to perfect, but there's so there's these like imperfections with the menus and the item systems. And then actually I wasn't on the Super Metroid show with you guys but you reiterated that point that Super Metroid's so close to being a perfect game. But you know there's really no such thing as a perfect game and I for the most part I kind of used to agree with that sentiment. Sin and Punishment is the perfect video game. Oh. It is objectively <laughs> the best video game I have ever played and i have played many video games and i would not say i wouldn't put it in my top 10 as uh-huh. a favorite video game right it is a workshop in game design it is the coming together of hundreds of little perfect ideas into a product that like i'm getting sh- like i'm getting shaken up talking about it <laughs> it is a thing of beauty <laughs> And if you don't play this game for our competition or for what, like it's, it is a criminal shame, like how (laughs) underrated and overlooked this game is. Get it, play it. It it is a transcendent experience.
1: Well, I'll say this, you'll get some (laughs) agreement from, um, Krabby. Krabby is going to hear this and going to be really excited to hear you say that he, he is the one that really pushed me to, to, to purchase this game. Um, he had done I guess an article a few years ago about his favorite games on the Wii as the Wii was sort of um, you know at its final on its final leg before the Wii U was released and this is one of his picks and he says this is one of his favorite games on the system. I know when he came to the US um, at one point he picked up a ton of the game of, of this game um, because at one point it was selling for around ten dollars new. Um, yeah you know and that's when uh, i got it when it yeah. was
0: that cheap actually i did and, yeah, too I,
1: think I got mine pretty cheap too yeah but i think the, the price of the game is going back up to um around 20 bucks 15 20 bucks if i'm not mistaken um it is one of those titles if you have a wii it's it, it is one of the premier games for the system Absolutely. it's good it's good uh it uses a lot of the controls um it, it's a kind of a, a a great balance which i haven't figured out yet that's my problem with the game it, it, i i'm not with you on calling this the perfect game uh, but a lot of it has to do with my inexperience with the wii i have a wii but it's one of my lesser played systems so i i don't really have a good grasp on the nunchuck and the wii remote yet so i'm having a little trouble right now um
4: yeah, there's definitely a learning curve for that uh, for any Wii game, really. Like it's kind of awkward when you're so used to having the whole controller combined to have it split into your two hands.
3: Yeah,
0: well, it, see, it, that's that's one of the things that I like about it is that it it did something that to me was almost impossible, which is made me like love motion controls. Hmm. I, I, I'm I'm in the camp that like. I'm in the camp that motion controls are unnecessary and that the developers and hardware designers are barking up the wrong tree with motion controls from the get-go um, with the exception of like Wii sports bowling you know and stuff you can do at a party um I'm not I'm not down with motion controls mm-hmm. but when I played this game the, again like the the like the relationship between what was going on going on in my left hand with the nunchuck and and aiming with my right hand with the with the Wii mote, it was just incredible. Like they, that's that's why I'm saying this game is perfect. They got motion controls right. Like they made me love motion controls. You you couldn't you couldn't. I mean, I know the original Sin and Punishment was on N64, but if you play that game, you're you're on the ground at all times. You're not flying around like you are in this yeah. game. So they were able to add that, and you know they succeeded in ma- making motion controls the best option, which uh, I think is incredible.
4: Yeah. yeah, I really love how you're uh, trying to dodge something and uh, it, first until you realize that you can fly. You know, you're thinking, oh, I'm stuck on the ground. How am I going to dodge this thing? And then you just bump up, and it's like, uh, oh, wow. That was really unexpected, but uh, it's, it worked so well, and it was smooth, and, yeah. and then and it's suddenly cool because uh, you realize you have freedom to move anywhere across the screen.
1: It's it's a very difficult game for me. I mean, you you know you're using your... Uh, your A and B buttons on your Wiimote um, to aim and to target, and then you're having to use the same to um, um, to point your your targeting uh, icon at at your enemies, and then on the other stick you're moving your your player, and then you're also um, you've got you've got a jump, and then you've got a sort of evade button, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for me, it's just it's just so much going on at the same time. I I can't, I haven't grasped it yet, but I feel like I'm going to have to play through it. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to play through this um, several times. Um, I did beat the first stage, which, you know, was pretty good. I got really far on the second stage in my first play. But um, it's one of those things that that I'm really going to have to, um, you know, just sit down and, and really get a get a better handle on the controls. And I, I think that's a real challenge for someone like me who plays a lot of retro games, a lot of games with not a lot of buttons, you know. yeah. Uh, so. I, th- I think
4: the uh, thing that helped me the most was uh, evading, really, because you can pretty much spam it, and uh, it's uh, giving you invincibility whenever you use it. So uh, that helped me a lot, especially in areas where you're fighting a boss and there's a lot of fire around, and you just keep hitting that button, and you're going to get through a lot farther than you would without it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, again, um, beautiful game. Um, the story is interesting. I'm I'm not really familiar with the uh, the first game and, and know kind of what's going on, but it, the story, you're, it seems like you're trying to escape somewhere, and you've got this being who is after the girl. Uh, I'm assuming, and having, having not played more of this game, and maybe, Sean, you can give us a little perspective on this, the, is it just one of those games where the story just kind of develops as you play? Um, because you you don't get a lot from the beginning of it.
0: The story is not very deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you that. But that I, again, I'm standing by my argument that, that this, <laughs> you know, the story doesn't need to be deep. It's, sure. a, you know, it is yeah. basically yeah. what you said it is. And you go through yeah. this uh, syndicate of people who are trying to get to the girl. And, yeah. you know, different things happen. But yeah, that's the gist of it.
1: Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say also you get to play with the girl. You can choose the guy or the girl, right? mm-hmm. the guy protecting or, or the girl. So. Correct.
4: I only played for about half an hour so far, but uh, I started with the girl, and I think I would probably prefer the guy because when you're choosing it, it says the girl's lock-on automatically and the guy you have to manually lock on. And I think I would prefer manual because the auto-lock-on is really annoying. Like You get stuck on something that takes a lot of hits while you're being smacked by all the little guys. and It makes it more difficult in my mind. Um, uh, I'd like having full control over what I'm shooting.
1: That's fair. So moving on, uh, our final week of our uh, competition, the games we're going to be playing, we're going to be playing Ray Crisis on the PlayStation, the original PlayStation, and Automedia's Excellent on the Xbox 360. Um, Also known as Gradius XLS Edition. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. We can start on that game if you want this time, and uh, this is one that uh, I I don't have an Xbox 360, so I'm not going to be playing this game. Um, but from what I understand, it is sort of a um, um, Gradius uh, remake, a em up, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you guys go at it and talk about this game.
4: Um, yeah, it's something. Uh, it, uh, when you're playing it, it, it basically it is Gradius. Like there's not much to it beyond that. I mean, even the, uh, and I think it it's probably based off Gradius three because that's what felt most similar to me. Um, the pattern of the enemies, uh, even at the beginning of the level, it's the exact same as what it is in Great 3. It's just like they reskin that game. I-, I think they didn't really nail it uh, that great, because uh, there's a lot of problems with it, like uh, the, uh, the hitbox is weird. I think it's kind of taken from a bullet hell kind of hitbox, where uh, you've got your whole ship, mm-hmm. but only a small little dot in the center of it can actually be hit. Um, it throws you off quite a lot if you're not used to that, because uh, you're expecting to be hit anywhere, but then... You're squeezing into holes where you don't think you should be able to fit,
0: right? The, the reason for that being is that you're actually, uh, you know, we should explain. It's a character flying the ship, and and yeah, you're the form of your thing is almost like a cross shape, but only the vertical part of it takes damage. So you, mm. in your mind, it's hard to not be reflexive and not let the person get hit, but that's not where you're where you take damage. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think get what it's, you're it's
4: somewhere around like they're... Waist area is uh, the uh, the weak point because right. you know, I've had shots go through the feet and the head and it didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I just wanna I just want to throw in like I like I'm not a huge anime fan, but I like anime and I don't mind cool. stuff that's right. a little bit cheeky, a little racy. But this. Almost, almost goes too far for me, and I think it's a matter of if they showed just a little less boob, it would be totally fine. But they just, with the character designs, they just went a tad too far, and that's why I think some people, even some people on our forum, thought it was a little uh, lacking in taste. And I would agree. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not a, it's not a bad game. You know, no, I don't think it's a bad so game. I'm I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean. I just I've played it before and I just r- kind of revisited it to um, yeah. refresh my memory. But yeah, I yeah, don't like and, I, and I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Oh, as I was just gonna say like like I said, uh, being based off Gradius three gameplay wise, it's really good because um, Gradius three is really good.
0: Right, and I think that this is the only game we're playing that's in HD, so it looks really good yeah. compared to all the other stuff that we're playing. Visually,
4: yeah, it's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. But that's just kind of uh, the way it is, being modern, and not that all well that old. Well. I think it was two thousand nine or twenty ten or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't really that long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the uh, sexifying everything in Gradius is uh, something. I mean, they've got even a thing where, like, when you're choosing the ships, you can move the cursor and like you can touch the characters, and they have these uh, kind of disturbing reactions, and <laughs> it's it's something. Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, realize that, but I know. Remember, Isret, I think he was doing some trophy hunting on this and or achievement hunting, and uh, he mentioned there's an achievement called like angel touching or something like that. And wow. Yeah, <laughs> taste is not something I would uh, uh, put
1: in the same sentence as this game. Yeah, I'm I'm from the same camp. I I, I agree with Sean. I, I I like the anime stuff. I'm not an anime fan. I you know I'm not a collector or you know read reader of a lot of manga, but I, I do I do really um, enjoy um, graphically um, some of the artwork uh, based on that uh, you know and and I saw this game I was I was a little curious about it, it looked pretty cool I uh, did watch a little video on it at one point and the gameplay to me just didn't look um, as exciting as uh, you know some of the other shooters that I'm used to.
0: Well, you know what it actually is like to me it was kind of a relief because it's almost in like. Uh... Jamie saying it's a lot like Gradius 3 is kind of interesting because like I said, I I would have rather played Gradius 3 because it's slower and a little bit easier. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of how I feel about uh, Automedius is that it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, a little bit more manageable to actually play. Uh, You're not just getting bombarded in crazy patternless ways, you know, by everything. So I, I kind of like it a little bit better for that. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say that I thought the uh the enemies uh, were pretty close uh, to the patterns that Gradius had. So I don't know what differences you're seeing there, but uh, I, I found the thing that actually made it a little bit harder for me was that there's so much detail in the background that I was being hit by things because I didn't even realize that they were in the foreground. I thought they were part of the background.
0: Yeah, I had that yeah, happening. It's kind with of confusing with a lot of the games. Actually, that happened to me a little bit in R-Type before I kind of got mm. used to everything, but. Uh... Yeah, that, that is that that will happen. And I, I yeah. just want to throw out there that the um like all of the uh all of the Konami Gradius games have like the same first level. Like uh except for Light, Light Force is a little different, but um you know, Gradius, Gradius two um Parodius Parodius Da I didn't play Sexy Parodius but like I'm sure it's the same exact thing like the design of the first level is almost exactly the same on all of them
1: Yeah <laughs> sort of that kickback we talked about with um uh, as, as you mentioned one one time before like um the uh, Kirby games with right, the uh, right. you know it's kind of the same tree yeah. balls and that yep. sort of thing just uh, just always uh kick back to the classic you know know where you came from kind of uh kind <laughs> of deal just which is neat
0: Yeah I think it's cool
1: yeah. And Floyd, did you have any uh thoughts on this? I know that you had mentioned on some of the forums that this game was one that was really uh kicking your butt uh on on one of our chats.
2: Um I think was it was, uh, was Automedius that uh yeah. gave me the most difficulty. Um I don't know, uh like I'm not very good at uh shoot 'em ups to begin with, but um no, I think like I love the anime art style of this and it was really cool to Catch all the Konami cameos, but uh, no game game kicked my
1: butt. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> Actually,
4: this is uh, off topic, but I just totally remembered. Uh, um, I was at my uh, friend's house here and uh, helping her clean up, and we found some old Yu Yu cards of hers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I, I'm not sure if Konami makes them or if they have some sort of deal with them. But the first card that I picked up, it was called Gradius's Option. And it was a picture of the Gradius ship and I had an option. And I was like, I didn't realize that this was any connection to Yu Gi Oh! I was like, what? <laughs> and I started looking through trying to find more Gradius references. And I, I didn't know Gradius well enough to recognize anything else. But yeah, it was just interesting, uh,
1: really weird place to find Gradius references. Maybe we can have one of our listeners maybe uh, elaborate on, on that a little bit. Uh, Yu Gi Oh! falls into the category for me as a uh, Pokemon. I. I this is just something I know nothing about, you know. Yeah, just,
4: I, personally, I have no interest a, in Yu-Gi-Oh, but I came across it and I just thought it was really weird and interesting.
0: Yeah, it is a Konami property, right? Yu-Gi-Oh is, so that's probably your connection right there.
4: Yeah, I mean, it had Konami on the name, but I didn't. I, I never knew that. I just I've heard a lot of people being into Yu-Gi-Oh, and I didn't realize they had any connection to Konami. Was, yeah, uh, kind of weird. Yeah.
1: So, the game that we moving from a game with great graphics to a game with what I would consider very poor graphics. We're, we're going to move on to, um, uh, Ray crisis, which, um, was released on the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Mm. Um, as I just mentioned, I, to me, this game is very lacking. It was one of those games. I was really surprised, uh, that this, this is the game that made the cut. In the voting for the uh, for the PlayStation, I thought um, you know maybe we'd get an R type game, um, you know, or maybe we'd get um, you know something else. I, I know I know people wanted to play Einhander, which is regarded as one of the you know the best games on that system. But um, as far as the price point was, <laughs> yes, it, it it that's a game that's really shot up. I mean, I think it's around $75, 80 bucks now, oh, wow. maybe even close to a hundred. Um, so, you know, that, that was, that was my reasoning for eliminating it, even though I know, um, you know, there was a lot of, um, people yeah, calling to play it. Maybe
4: if game. it was like the only game we were
1: playing this month, but not when we have seven others to pick up too. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, but for me, um, uh, and, and anyone who's played Right Crisis can, can talk about it. I, I thought the graphics were very poor. It, it reminded me a lot of Zionide, um, but just... It, it it didn't it didn't look very good um the it the bosses they all look the same um it it was just bizarre and and it's one of those games that you can just can keep continuing until you finally beat it which you know i guess i'm okay with that but uh typically but this this time i i kind of wasn't I was, I was it was it was a very lax and sort of boring game to me. Um, I, I don't know. Am I on my own here? Am I the only one that's played this one or... Yeah, I
0: watched a little on YouTube, yeah, and I would yeah. have liked to have played it. Yeah, the PlayStation voting was a little weird because it's not like Raid Crisis is a cheap game either. And mm-hmm. um, yes. I'd be interested to see who actually plays this game for the competition besides that cheater metal throw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> like I don't know who voted for it or who owns a copy, but it's there hasn't been much talk about it. But, well, we're not there yet, so it, it remains to be seen. Seen, but I'm interested right. to see how this how this plays out. I would have I would oh. have also liked to have seen something different. Not that <laughs> there's not a lot of, um, actually, bef- when we 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 had discussed there were some cheaper shooters on the PS1, but there's almost none that are like easy to find. Even when I was saying right. like, oh, Mobile Light Force, but you can't just go out and buy Mobile Light Force. It's no. it's it's not worth a lot of money. But you have to find a copy, so right. it's hmm. it's weird.
1: Right. It's um. It it is. I mean, Ray Crisis. I think is kind of uh, uh, pinpointed at about forty bucks. That's that's about where it sits. Um, I I was lucky enough to find a copy in a lot, with um, uh, Resident Evil Nemesis and some other um. Let's see. Gosh, what was Dark it?
0: Stalkers three? I was really Dark jealous Stalkers three. Of yes, that
1: lot yes. When you got it, yeah. Krabby jumped on that <laughs> Dark Stalkers because I already had Dark Stalkers. Uh. Um. So and and also had Resident Evil. So. I think I got that lot for around 50 bucks or so, which was worth it because, you know, it it sort of made it where my um copy of Ray Crisis was pretty much, you know, a few bucks at the most. Yeah. Um so so that worked out well, but um again, you know, we we gave people time to try to track this game down, but it it was one of the tougher ones, so I understand we probably will not have a lot of participation, which I guess is good for me, I can post a score <laughs> and uh you know <laughs> Uh, I get, get several points for that game at least. Cause I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm around fourth or fifth place right now. I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there. Um, and hopefully, um, hoping to better my scores and, and definitely hoping to, um, finish Gradius. I, I would really love to beat that game. I got very, very close, um, on, on one of my runs.
4: I feel like I could maybe do it because I've been in the third one, but mm-hmm. the third one uh, overall felt a little more manageable than this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to it after the competition. Okay,
1: okay. So so we know that Sean's favorite game during the um, during the shooter play through month was Sin and Punishment. Um, obviously, as he called it, the perfect game. Uh, how about you, you other guys? What, what was probably your favorite or favorite so far that you've played or uh, experienced?
4: Of the ones I played, I think I would probably go with Sin and Punishment as well. Um, okay,
1: it just it didn't feel so uh,
4: overwhelmingly difficult. Uh, like it was still hard, but it was mm. more of a manageable difficulty. Whereas Gradius, which is a really good game, it's just mm. it's so difficult and uh, so frustrating, and I don't really feel like I'm having all that much fun while I'm playing
2: it. Right, right,
1: all right How about you, Floyd?
2: Um, put me down for Sin and Punishment too. Wow. Um, okay you know i i kind of like that uh point and shoot thing going on with the uh, motion controls and um you know it's um i think kinda, it's got that rail shooter type thing which uh mm-hmm. which is pretty appealing mm-hmm. to me and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to uh playing it a little more competitively in week 3
1: awesome awesome for me i'd probably um at this point i'm i'm probably choosing lightning force That's the favorite that I've played so far. Um, I'm I'm excited about week three. Looks like uh, we're all excited about week three. And um, I am definitely looking forward to putting more time into Sin and Punishment. I do love it. I think it's, again, visually stunning and a lot of fun to play. It's just going to take me a little more time, I think, than a lot of other people. Uh, who play more modern games to sort of get a handle on the controls, but you but, know what
0: rich I would recommend put the difficulty down to easy and play level zero like okay. more than once if you have to because that's a tutorial right um, so I, I would you know I would say do that to get used to the controls and get used to like uh, like Jamie said, get used to evading all the time because that's a big part of Right. the gameplay it's not it's not like our type where you can just kind of move and kind of weave and and go in between things you have to use that dodge mechanic to, to almost like jump uh or transition over certain unavoidable things and that's yeah. a big part of the gameplay
1: right okay well guys thanks a lot that was uh, kind of a good like little tight wrap-up of all our shmups um i know that um you know, we, we we're gonna try to keep this under twenty minutes, which of course for us is is impossible. I knew it would yeah. be, but uh, I think it was I a good thought maybe thirty, but no, we're
4: here in an hour and five minutes later, <laughs>
1: as we said before. Well, I think uh, you know they're just shooters. Surely well, we, we have a lot to say shooters, about shooters, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we gonna have to say about shooters? But uh yeah. Uh, great, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, to playing more of these shooters in a little more in-depth, and uh, really looking forward to see how this competition rolls out at the end of the month. So, thanks. on the forums, we decided that we would do something a little special uh, for our year-end wrap-up and talk about our favorite playthroughs of 2014. Um, the way this is going to work, we've sort of set up an order where we've, uh, we've all picked our top five games, and um, we're just going to go into order. Of course, Floyd will go first, Sean, Jamie, and then myself, and we'll just kind of repeat that order until we have our final list of our favorite playthrough games. Uh, remember, you know you can find us on the forums at RF Generation. And we'd like to know what your top five favorite games were as well. So please join us there on our discussion thread for this episode, and um, let's get some, kick some conversation back and forth about it. All right, so we're going to start with Floyd. Uh, Floyd's number five pick. And before you get started, Floyd, uh, tell us a, a little bit about how you came up with your list. What what does this list sort of best represent for you?
2: All right, my list, I would say is made up of games that will um, give me the most lasting memories, um, mm-hmm. that were the most fun, and that I would say have the most like um, impact on me overall. Okay. Um, so to kick things off, my number five game is Chrono Trigger. Oh, nice. um Yeah, I I think um, this might uh, show up on people's lists a little bit higher than mine, but uh, you know, it's a very essential RPG for any gamer, really. And you know, it it, uh, gets to be on my list because it's been something that I've wanted to play for years. Um, It's a quintessential game, and you know, it uh, hits all those notes right. I mean, it's got Great characters, great story, great gameplay. You know, it's it's the full package. Hmm.
1: Okay. Good pick. Does uh, anyone else have any thoughts on Chrono Trigger or anything that they liked about this game?
4: Um, I've got it on my list as well, but it's higher up, so I think I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about sure. it when I get to that uh, point. But um, yeah, I agree. It's definitely. I'd be surprised if it's not in all of our top fives. Uh, <laughs> it's it.
1: not. Spoiler no. alert, it's, it's not <laughs> spoiler alert, not in mine either. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. okay.
4: This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll So to see. Now
2: are Jamie and I sort of putting this on our list because we're among the younger guys of the group here and um you know, we didn't quite get to experience this uh in like the Super Nintendo heyday.
1: Well, I think that I think uh just Floyd and and while I was asking how you picked your list, I think we we're all gonna have different reasons and how we felt, uh, mm. about picking our list. And I think that's a big part of mine. I'm not saying I don't like Chrono Trigger. It's one of my favorite RPGs ever. I love Chrono Trigger, but there's a reason I didn't put it on my list and, you know, fair so, enough. so, so with that, uh, we'll, we'll start, uh, or move on to Sean with his number five pick. And again, you know, before you start, Sean, tell us a little bit about your list and, um, what you're kind of choosing from.
0: Sure. Um, the way I chose my list was I tried to pick games that had an impact on me, and I tried to pick games that had successful playthroughs as well. So it's okay. not just my top five favorite games out of the sure. list of games that we played, but I also like to factor in uh, participation and was actually only one of the games that I chose one of the games that i chose i was actually the host but i you know felt when it comes up on my list you'll see i i i felt that a good job hosting so i kind of factored that in um and also same just real quick for chrono trigger it's the same thing for me i i only played it the first time a few years ago but i feel like you know i i love that game but i didn't I didn't revisit it for this playthrough so I'm not mm-hmm. just going to list okay Chrono Trigger like yeah. that's in my top 5 because of the the game itself you know I didn't even right. participate in that playthrough so um yeah, anyway we way of looking at it yeah so without further ado let me pull up my notes here I know what it is but I just want to look at my notes <laughs> so I don't forget anything <laughs> <laughs> so my number 5 game is Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker okay, oh, okay. Um, so I, this game was kind of important to me because I have never played a Zelda game to completion and this is my first one. Oh, Um, really? And I probably would not have played uh, or picked up, you know, Zelda is not a franchise that I'm into, obviously, and... I thought forever that it would be one of those things that I just collect for a collector's sake and never play them and I'll be like kind of a Zelda poser forever, but I, uh, you know, I signed up for this playthrough and ended up playing through it, and I know it's kind of a weird place to start with in the Zelda universe, but what I've learned is that you're getting most of the stuff that you would get in any Zelda game. There's common things that go through every single Zelda game, so... Yeah, they have a lot of repeating elements. Um, Right. So I'm really glad to have played it. I am a little bit worried about playing any other Zelda games because, from what I understand, and um, there's a podcast called Back in My Play, and they actually just did uh, an episode on The Wind Waker, Mm -hmm. So, as an aside, it was cool to be able to listen to that and to fully enjoy it and understand it, you know, for to listen to a different group of guys talk about that game for an hour or two or whatever it was, and to uh, be with what they were talking about. But, um, you know, the consensus is that this game is one of the easiest Zelda games out there, Mm -hmm. and... I would not have been able to finish it without the item duplication glitch. And um, I'm kind of apprehensive about trying another Zelda game because of that. Like, I found the end of Wind Waker to be very difficult. Um, But anyway, I I really, really liked my time it was kind of a labor of love we know the infamous triforce chart hunt and all that stuff the, all the padding oh, yeah. near the end of the game and we talked about all this in the podcast we don't you know no need to rehash the whole thing but that's that's uh that's my number five pick was my first ever zelda game that i played to completion the wind waker
1: yeah, and on a side note i just uh Sean actually did a trade with me, and I just got Wind Waker, so I, I didn't participate in it. But uh, it's exciting to have that now. Um, you know, it's one of my GameCube titles, and looking forward to playing that. And I know at some point, I mean, it's obvious that we're gonna have to play a Link to the Past. Um, hmm. So at some point down the road, we'll be playing that. And Sean, I, I definitely hope you will join in that retro playthrough. I think it's a game that that you will really enjoy if if you enjoyed that, and, and maybe give you a little bit of of a different perspective on the uh, Legend of Zelda series. So.
0: Right, I would probably join in that, depending on what else was going on. But right. yeah, I would be interested, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah I think most Zelda fans uh, say that
4: either
2: Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time is usually the top pick out of all the series. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll just put everything on hold to play Link to the Past. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to participate in that one too. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, for Wind Waker, that uh, appears a little bit higher up on my list. Um for many of the same reasons I want to say, but uh, for a few different
1: personal ones. All
3: right.
4: Uh, on my list, it's not actually on it, but that's only because I didn't play it this year. Absolutely. So uh, if I had, I think it would have been on here.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't play it either, so it definitely didn't make my list. So, all right, Jamie, uh, we'll go to you with your number five pick, and again, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about um, you know what your criteria was for your list. All
4: right. So uh, my criteria actually was. Not exactly opposite, but uh, sort of from a different perspective than uh, uh, Sean and Floyd's, because uh, what they were saying was they wanted to go for how uh, the game left an impact and impression on them, and I was trying to avoid that myself. I wanted to uh, look at a game a little more objectively, and I have a lot of games on here that I left off my list, which normally... I'm really excited about, like, say, The Last of Us and a few others, uh, where I would be like, oh, this is an awesome game. But I wanted to really step back and get out of the kind of nostalgia goggles of uh, when I was playing this and uh, look at it objectively. And so I was sort of saying, well, how does the story mesh with the gameplay and how well does the uh, soundtrack complement things and how good does it look graphically for the time period so you're just all this being kind more, of stuff.
2: more critical of your choices uh,
4: i was
1: attempting yeah. to yeah sort, sort of like not... a review or if you were to mm-hmm. review these games which would score eyes yeah okay uh,
4: yeah exactly i was trying to be a little more critical and not so opinionated uh, if uh, i could and so my number five um based on that was mischief makers okay um oh, okay. Uh, i don't think i would say it's one of the greatest games on this list. There's a lot of other ones that are really good, which I actually left off, but it was just really unique. It sort of blended a lot of different gameplay styles, and the story was pretty well integrated into it, and it was really quirky, and just all-around fun. Um, I mean, you got a point where you, uh, you're you riding a cat who can jump onto the back of a missile, and, like, you can grab other missiles and throw them at this boss. It's just an
2: awesome game. <laughs> Why isn't that your number one game? <laughs> it's cats jumping on missiles? Come on!
4: Yeah, no, I'm saying that's a good thing about it, but it's just, like, it's it's quirky, and it's it's got its problems. Like, I think the controls are a little bit clunky, um, uh, so that's sort of the reason it's not higher up in my list, that it is a little bit dated, and not the greatest uh, controls, but everything else about it is pretty fun,
2: and uh, to me it made the top five. What's a pretty solid choice i mean i i think it's a an often overlooked game um mm-hmm. so yeah it was nice of you to uh to include that
4: yeah it was something i never even heard of until i started getting 64 collecting actually most of the games on my top five here are ones that i either hadn't heard of or i had very very vaguely heard of and so it's sort of glad uh, i'm glad to have finally played most of these and yeah that's, really experienced that's, what's them.
2: What's so great about these playthroughs it's introduced us to uh so many games that we uh now uh,
1: very much enjoy <laughs> absolutely forces your hand to play them but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know and put the, put forth the time commitment but when you look back over it you look at the games that we've played this year you're like wow i played all of these awesome games this mm-hmm. year i mean that's uh you know it it's it's truly a great you know resource to have a, a group of people who are you know playing all this stuff together and it just it just makes it more enjoyable for me i would yeah. i would never pick up all these games and play them within a year. Had um, yeah, you know,
4: I think this is probably definitely. actually like out of all the years I've been playing games, this is probably the most quality games beaten in a single year. I think yeah, like so many it's times really I have cool a lot of hear. crap games and just a few good ones. But i will second. This that. is like all good games this year.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So for myself, um, my criteria and what I use to come up with this, the five games that I picked are games I've never played before, and enjoyed the most. I just had the best time with them. That's That was simply my criteria. But I wanted to make sure that it was games I'd never played before. And, and for that reason, uh, as I mentioned when Floyd said Chrono Trigger, that's why I didn't pick that game. Um, I do love Chrono Trigger. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I've played through it twice. Uh, but And it's my, my favorite RPG um, probably almost ever, <laughs> you know. And definitely in the top five all time. But, but you're looking um,
2: more for, for new experiences.
1: Right, right. I You know, I feel like the playthrough for me is just such an enjoyable thing, and what I love the most is just finding that gem that's saying, gosh, I've would I've heard this game is pretty good, um, but then I played it and it just completely wowed me. Um, right. So um, number five on my list um, is Phantasy Star. Um, hmm. And the reason I picked this game is... I am um as most of you know, I, I collect uh for the Nintendo, I'm trying to put together a complete set of four games away, uh, for a license set. But the secondarily I collect other things too and, and some of that is the super uh I'm sorry, the um the Sega Master system. The super and, master system. <laughs> and and a big part of that is uh for nostalgia purposes, um, you know, kind of when I was younger going through the stores, um you know, you would always see these games popping up as the rival, you know, the two biggies, Nintendo and Sega. And, um, you know, Sega made it through, actually made the Genesis. And, and you know, these, I, I didn't grow up in a community where, where people played Sega. And so I never got to experience these until later in life. And so to have something, um, I enjoyed Dragon Warrior so much on the Nintendo, as I mentioned in the previous podcast. And to have something like Fantasy Star to kind of compare it to, uh, to run along beside of it. Um, was just fantastic for me, and I thought it was just such a fun and great experience, um, and just getting to enjoy something on that system um, was, was great for me. So that's why that was my number five pick.
4: I've got that one on my list too, but it's a little bit higher up. We'll get to that pretty soon. Thanks, Some
2: absolutely. RPG love going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, a little I bit of like RPG it. love.
0: I would actually say that you know I didn't play this game, but you guys like the playthrough influenced me that fa- like the Fantasy Star series in general is now on my radar because yeah. mm-hmm. of the playthrough, and I I would like to maybe if maybe if I don't start with the first one, like play one of the more developed sequels mm-hmm. eventually. So yeah, I I do appreciate others. that, even though I didn't play
4: it with you guys. I think the Genesis ones are supposed to be a little better than the first one. Here, the first oh. one's a bit rougher on the edges in some ways. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, and no, um, Genesis RPGs had never been on my radar. Even though I grew up as a as a Sega kid, mm-hmm. I think it was me and one other guy in school. We were the two Sega kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that system is just not known for for role playing games. And right. um, yeah, I'll, I'll now definitely be keeping an eye out for uh, for those when I'm out hunting. Um, I noticed that um, uh, Fantasy Star. Four is like three dollars and fifty cents on steam right now so oh really all you pc guys can uh go grab that up
1: yeah yeah we've had a lot of uh clamoring for fantasy star 2 as well people wanted to revisit that so there is definitely community wanting to play you know more of the fantasy star series so you know maybe we can look into that so mm-hmm. yeah all right
4: Could do a, for the anniversary of the first
1: one and do it on uh, march or something yeah maybe, maybe so. why not yeah yeah all right, so Floyd, let's um, uh, let's go with your number four pick. What
2: so my pick? number, my number four was um, Sean's number five, five game, which is uh, The Wind Waker. Okay. Um, I I love Zelda games for that sense of exploration, and I mean like, you you play these games and you really do feel like a like a hero who's out there to save the princess and save the world. Um, yeah, they they all kind of get petted out in the middle. I mean that's just sort of. Um, a Zelda mechanic by now, but um, no, I think uh, I loved it. I played it on the Wii U, the uh, HD remake, and it was just a blast to play.
3: Awesome, awesome. awesome.
4: One thing I was going to say that I forgot to mention when Sean was talking about Wind Waker is I know that, Sean, you like all the uh, cutesy style in games, which Wind Waker is pretty good for that too, I think, but I sort of wonder how you would feel about the other games when they have, not quite realistic, but more of a Western look to them, uh, than uh, the Wind Waker, uh, like less cartoony, you know. So
0: uh, you know uh, what I could I could see how you would say that, uh, you know, and, and that it, you're right about that as far as it being my taste. But the, these I do like cel shaded games, but when I say I mm-hmm. like cute stuff, it's more like from an from an like an anime style oh, okay. perspective. But, not so much. Just I mean, the having said right, and yeah, like only cartoony look is not. Like what I'm going for, I so do like, like ca- cel shaded games in general, but yeah, when I say cute, I'm more talking about like an anime cute. Mm.
4: Yeah, so, um, so then that's good then, because a lot of the other games are really amazing. He's talking amazing. about things
2: with boobs.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that.
2: Um, you're not talking about like big eyes and bright colors. You're talking about you're talking about eye candy. <laughs> oh,
0: anyway, geez. my number four. <laughs> uh. Uh, it's gonna surprise you guys probably, but my number four was eco and Ooh, wow. to our listeners who listen to our podcast know that I had some struggles with eco or if you were on the forum while we were playing it I you know was very vocal about my rage with eco <laughs> but um, you know at the end of the day looking back it's one of those games that looking back on it, I'm even more uh, satisfied now having played it even than I was when we recorded the podcast about it. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that um, unlike System Shock 2, which was kind of a false start, like I didn't even get through it. It was something that I was really excited to do and, and kind of abandoned it because I couldn't handle it. Eco was kind of more of a labor of love where... I wanted to see those big environments, and I wanted to have that like uh silent uh, character interaction, and I wanted to have all that simplicity and design that team Eco brings to the table. So like I was able to kind of fight my way through things like the environmental puzzles that I'm not a huge fan of to get through this you know kind of work of art of a game, and like I said on the podcast when we recorded about it. It's a, you know, I'm a, I'm a PS2 fanatic, so it's it's one of the quintessential PS2 games, and I'm happy to have crossed it off my list, and it was good, you know, you guys put on a really good playthrough of it, and I was really drawn to the game because of what was going on in the forums, too, so yeah, that's yeah. that's my number four there. I agree. It's, it's good, on my list, too. Um,
1: it's on my list, too. A little higher up, but uh, it's there, and uh, I, I agree with everything you said about the game. Fantastic. Uh, just um you know just just an experience that i never thought I would have as a as a as a gamer uh, just the, the beauty and um almost simplicity of the games, you know not that they weren't difficult or um you know the puzzle aspect wasn't very challenging, but just um you know it, it's just I, I don't know there's something about it I mean just the beauty of it just kind of changed the way I looked at games it's and, kind uh, of a it's kind of a magical game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah great choice. List of, uh, yeah, it's a good
4: choice. Uh, it's in my runners up, but uh, uh it didn't quite make top five for me. I'm just a little bit um, too repetitive on the gameplay. Okay. Otherwise, it's amazing, but yeah, uh, not quite top five material for me.
0: That's fair. All right, so what was your number four, man?
4: Uh, my number four was Fantasy uh, Star. Okay. Um, just a little bit above Rich's. Uh, uh, this is the very first time I had played this series, and before the playthroughs came up, I'd, I don't even know if I'd heard of the series before. Like, it was so off my radar. I might have vaguely heard of it, but... um, Yeah, I, I'm really glad that I started on uh, the first game in the series, which is not always nice, mm-hmm. but also just, uh, like, this is my first Sega Master System game that I've ever beaten as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really more fun than I expected like when I was hearing you're gonna have to use grid paper to map out uh, the dungeons and caves and stuff like that and I was like oh that doesn't sound very fun but then when I got into it it's it, it adds quite a lot it really puts you into the shoes of those 80s kids having to uh, do all the stuff that you did back then yeah realizing yeah. it's really required if you don't want to just cheat and use a walkthrough but it uh, really added to it uh, for me and it's got great music and uh great gameplay and interesting battle systems and um, visually, it was so good. Like compared to NES at the time, uh, it doesn't even compare.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the best things about that game for me was playing the playthrough with you, and um, you know you were really hesitant about playing Fantasy Star. And I told mm-hmm. you, I said, "Well, well, Jamie, I said if you don't want to host that month, I said I'll be happy to do it later." You said, "No, no, I think I'll I'll try it," and um, just the, the way you got into it and the way you started. Um, like doing the um, the graphs of the um, you know the uh, the caves and uh, the dungeons and things like that, and then posting uh, you know your results of your, your yeah. graphing those out. I mean, just just to, the way you got enveloped with the game uh, made the experience uh, a lot more enjoyable for me too and Mm -hmm. um that that was that was really a cool thing to do as a community and a lot of fun we had tremendous participation that month if you remember yeah that was one of our best ones finished that game and that is a tough tough game to slug out Mm -hmm. so um you know congratulations to everyone you know participated that month Mm -hmm. and that was that's one of my most memorable months and um yeah that was definitely a good one
4: yeah i think i had like 40 maps or something made yeah, up by wow. the end, something crazy, because uh, you had to have one for every floor, like you couldn't really fit the same floors on, to one map, and or uh, multiple floors on one map, so it's like every dungeon had 10 or 15 separate graphs, and it was a little crazy, but it was fun.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it's one of those games that if you if you read about it, or if you hear people talk about it, it can be overwhelming, but mm-hmm. once you finally get down to playing it, it's um it's probably a really great experience mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: overwhelming but worth it yeah yeah a bit of a steep learning curve at the very beginning like it takes a couple right. of hours before you can feel strong enough to really do much but once you get going it's really fun
2: oh well, that's like any old school rpg yeah yeah it's not really a complaint against it it's just the
4: way
1: it is back then
3: mm-hmm.
1: all right so for my number four game um my pick, I'm probably going to catch a lot of hell for, uh, but I'll go ahead and put it on there <laughs> anyway. Um, my number four pick uh, was Super Metroid. Uh, I really? know for but a I lot of down. people this was their favorite game. Um, and out of the Metroid series, as far as what I've played, uh, it's limited to Metroid and Super Metroid. And um, I really thoroughly enjoyed uh, my experience with Super Metroid. And it's it's not to degrade it in any way by putting it number four. Um but, um, I just thought that there were three other games that just, just it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it was, there were more, three more games that were more enjoyable for me okay, and, and that I had a better experience with. And again, that's, you know, how I pick my list, but, um, Super Metroid is a fantastic game. I'm not a speedrunner guy, but, uh, just, just the month of people, um, you know, doing those speed runs, even, even in our community, you know, knocking it down to an hour and 20 something second, 20, I mean, 20 something minutes. Um, you know, fantastic, good community yeah, that's interaction that month and, um, you know, a lot of fun and, uh, just super glad it could have come at a better time coming off the heels of, uh, sympathy of the night, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. great. I think selection. that's,
2: uh, that's the thing about those, uh, like super, like Metro games or, or Castlevania games, like even if you're not doing well at them or even if you get lost, I mean, they're still fun. I mean, like you have that sense of exploration and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's, it's always, um, that feeling you get when you finally do succeed or, or when you find a new area is really rewarding so mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh definitely something that I would have really loved to have uh participated on and you know I, I kind of uh wish that uh I do I that I would have the opportunity to play that game but you know I, I think um I'll, I'll sit down with it eventually and uh
1: finally knock that out of my backlog yeah yeah it's a great game and highly recommend it to anyone who, mm-hmm. who's never played it um, it's a great experience and like you said you know none of the backtracking or anything nothing about the game felt tedious oh exactly so, And yeah. i think
2: i think it's also just as fun to watch as, as it is to play i mean yeah it's it's speed run almost every year competitively and um you know that's that's always fun to watch, too. Mm-hmm. I
4: definitely think anyone who's uh, enjoyed Castlevania Symphony of the Night has to play this. And Absolutely. vice versa, if you enjoyed this,
1: try Castlevania Symphony of the Night, because mm-hmm. they're very similar. And that was the cool thing, too. We saw it go both ways. We'd seen people on both playthroughs um, who had never played Symphony of the Night before, and people but they had played Super Metroid, and people who hadn't played Super Metroid... Um, play Symphony of the Night and both and enjoyed it both ways I'm like oh my gosh what a great experience so yeah. it, it just it just, it just wasn't intentional again but it just it, it worked out really well for us I thought for the year.
2: All right. That's the magic of the playthroughs.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Alright speaking of magic Floyd what was your magic number three choice?
2: My magic number three um, was um, not quite a magical game but something that uh I will not forget for a long time. Um, any game that has sort of like a like a post apocalyptic, uh, I can't say that post apocalyptic setting um, already has my attention, and something that is able to explore how people react in these, you know, unimaginable situations um, is something that I really want to check out. So that game is Fragile Dreams.
0: Um. Yeah. Wait, Fragile Dreams was last year you That's mean right the last Was that last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was oh, no, <laughs> 2013 <laughs> <laughs> Just say The Last of Us <laughs> Oh, this <laughs> is under protest
2: Uh-oh oh, no. Um, okay Well, I,
3: I, I, I kind
2: of uh, Kind of screwed that <laughs> that's up a, kind, of, kind of broke things here Um. <laughs> that's okay um, Anyway, that's
3: anyway great never game. you know Yeah, yeah Frag- go, Fragile what a, what Dreams is game. great And
2: you know, I kind of liked Um it did sound like I was going to talk about The Last of Us, didn't it?
0: I <laughs> could have sworn yeah. that's where you were going with that, man. That's that's funny. <laughs> well, go,
4: um,
1: go with it we, still. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. It's
4: okay, because uh, we didn't do a retrospective in 2013.
2: so.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll I, I was looking pass, at, our, uh, but, but at but we will, our... We will put an asterisk beside your list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. My you're my the, list is the, no longer official. Um, anyway, the I think the
2: I, I liked... Um, I, I guess I liked The Last of Us and... And fragile dreams for the same reason, so you can you can swap them in and out. Anyway, okay, Sean, you're number three. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: all right. Pulling up the notes here. Uh, oh yeah, this is a big one. In many ways, this was my favorite playthrough, but and I'll get into it. But um, just there were a couple games ahead of it, but uh, my number three is Sui Koden, okay. and there's some uh, reasons for that, like um so nostalgia is something that we think about when we're thinking about uh nes games or things that are even older when we say nostalgia as adult collectors we're usually talking about our childhoods and trying to reclaim games that we played in our childhood but Coden, um you know as you guys know my my best friend jesse passed away this year from cancer and and Sui Koden is a game that when we played it um, for the playthrough, it made me nostalgic for the time. Uh, you know, it was like t- it was two years ago. About that, he he got me into RPGs finally because I never wanted to play RPGs, and he got me to borrow Sui Koden one and two. And I really liked Sui Koden when I played it the first time, and. Uh, A lot of times with RPGs, you say, like, oh, i got to play that one again, and yeah, you can revisit RPGs, but a lot of them are very long, and it's a big-time investment to play a game again when you can go play something new. But playing Coden again as a community playthrough, it really gave me a nostalgic feeling for uh, a time when... My friend was still with us, and uh, in a time that he had a, a big influence on me and my my gaming uh, habits and mm. introducing me to a lot of new things. So that was a, that was a very special playthrough for me, and it's an amazing game, and I really. I think that this is the best hosting job I've done so far as a member of the playthrough committee. Like, I really put my all into making sure the checkpoints were good and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, explaining the game and helping people when it was needed and sharing my thoughts and feelings throughout the whole playthrough. So, uh, for those reasons, that's why I chose Sui Koden as my number three.
4: Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty popular month. I think uh, quite a few participants
0: that time.
1: Yep, yep. I um, I do not have Sui Coden on my list, but and we did mention for the sake of length of the call, we would <laughs> not put on the our honorable mentions. But if they were mentioned, that we would talk about those. And Sui Coden was the game that was teetering, you know, on on being on my list. It didn't make it, but I wanted to put it on my list so bad. Um. If, if I would have gotten to pick six, this would have been on there. But I also thought the community involvement on that game was just so awesome and fascinating. Um, I hate that the involvement on number two wasn't where it would have been. And I think, quite honestly, that was such an epic month that it was hard to really build up to playing the second one and to make it as good as that playthrough was and and sean i agree you did a fantastic job in hosting that one and checkpoints were were great i loved the story of the game and just had a blast playing it it was um you know um my probably my second my second favorite rpg of the year behind fantasy star but um I I did really enjoy being introduced to this series that I'd heard so much about and had such a fun time during the month. So
4: Yeah, I think if I had played it it might have made into my top five, but I'm not sure. It's hard to say for an RPG without having to actually see much of it.
1: Yeah, it's a great game. Um just I would recommend it to anyone who's interested in any RPG playing that um, you know, it's a fantastic title. So, yeah, it sounds yeah.
2: like sounds like this game is really special to you, Sean, so you know Thank you for sharing that uh, with us, and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure that that game has a really special place in your heart, and um, you know what, now that uh, in 1 and 2 are on PSN, nobody has an excuse to not play those games. <laughs> yeah. right. If
1: only we could have waited it out a little longer, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, it would have been so good to have that for uh, the in 2 months when it was so expensive. Yeah. It would have been nice, but... Price hasn't
2: really dropped, though. No, yeah. No. Still holding, yeah.
4: That's a good for the people who already paid it for it when it was high. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right,
4: Jamie. So, number three. Number three is another uh, one that you've already mentioned, Rich. Uh, just another step up: Super Metroid. Okay. Um, uh, this one, uh, for me, was really cool to go back because I know the Metroid Prime trilogy really well, and I hadn't played the older ones except for a few minutes of the first game. And it was really cool to see so many things about uh, the Metroid Prime games that came from this one, and uh, just kind of like nostalgia for something that I know even though I haven't played it before. Uh, while I'm playing it, and uh, just all around great. Like it, it hit so many check boxes and what makes a game good, like good music, good level design, mm-hmm. good uh, learning curve, and just everything about it was really well done. Um, I. Don't see how I could have avoided having it in my top five.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. All right. Uh, so my number three, uh, game that's already been mentioned. Um, it was actually Sean's number four pick. Uh, my number three was Eco, and I'm glad that I finally learned how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, you know, just uh, to me, just. Just the experience of playing a team eco game, um, playing both team eco games for the first time, um, was you know enough to eat, to make me, me say, I'm I'm going out to buy a PlayStation Three because I I have to see this. I mean it's already beautiful. I mean I, I'm shocked at how beautiful these games are even on the PS2. But to be able to play these games in high definition is something that I am really looking forward to. Um, as soon as I get my PS3, it was the first game I bought for my PS3. I've got a nice little collection going right now. Um, so I'll be ready when it gets here for Christmas, but, um, you know, um, again, I I can't, I don't know if I can say any more about it. I think Sean put it, you know, put it really, put it really eloquently when, you know, he was saying, you know, kind of frustrating at first the whole puzzle experience, but just something you just really grow to appreciate. Um, and, you know, the beauty and fascination of the game, it's, it's really like nothing you've ever played before. And, uh, I think that, uh, this game and shadow of the Colossus are going to be games that are going to be, um, special for me for the rest of my life, you know, and, mm. and, uh, just e- every time I hear something about, um, the, uh, the last guardian coming out, um, um, I, you know, I just, I just, I get so excited. I'm like, damn, yeah, you kind I'm going to buy up, a new right?
2: What's that? You kind of perk up when, uh when you hear it, the last guardian mentioned. <laughs> I do, I but do. It's, I... Oh, for me to wait is such a tease, though. I mean, like, <laughs> he gives you such vague answers.
1: <laughs> I'm like, is is this is this true, or is he just being that artist? Is this that you know that? Despicable side of an artist coming out in mm-hmm. him, where he just likes to just mess with people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it, you know—is this real or is he just pulling the old Andy Kaufman on me? You know, <laughs> so uh, you know. I, but uh, yeah, that's that's my number three. So
4: you're glad you were there,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe not that song. Maybe that's. <laughs> but uh, all yeah, right, suddenly you uh, game t- chopped off the top five. <laughs> we're uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here so Floyd what's your number 2 pick
2: my number 2 is a real heavy hitter okay no pun intended it is Shadow of the Colossus okay um yes. it's this is a phenomenal game um you know like that sense of exploration and sense of wonder and just
1: no
2: pun intended uh, sense of wonder <laughs> yeah <laughs> sense of wander wander yeah
1: <laughs>
2: wander the game is wander yeah um no i think it's um you know a, a real good um example of storytelling and gameplay and, and how um the player can create their own story fill in the blanks for themselves and come up with their own motivations to do things i mean you're not uh you're never forced to do anything, um, but in, instead you get this sort of like internal motivation coming from within you to uh, to see this game to the end. Um, you know, very much a perfect game for me. I mean, it it has some some faults, but uh, no, I, I loved everything about, uh, about the game, and um, I am really happy to finally have played this uh, with the community on RFgen. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know what what else I can say. I mean, I'll, I'll just probably sound like I'm, you know, rambling all these sort of little, little infatuated things about this. But I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it, it's great in in every way.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I don't I don't think it's any surprise that it made my list too. So and probably a few. I don't know if it made the other guys list, but uh, we'll see. All right, Sean, number two all right my
0: number two is another kind of coming out of my comfort zone and this is a theme that you know we're all talking about is like playing a game that you normally wouldn't have played and that's castlevania symphony of the night cool and yeah i mean this was kind of a recent one we played so you can defer to the podcast that we did on that that was a really good episode in my opinion um but yeah, I just, I, I don't think I mentioned, it's the only, it's so far, the first and only Castlevania game that I've ever played to completion. So I guess that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I've I've played a lot of Castlevania games in my day, but you know, they're really difficult. Not everybody yeah. finishes all of them. So it was cool to roll the credits on a Castlevania game. So again, yeah. uh, my thoughts on this game are well documented in our uh, previous episodes, so I don't I don't have anything to add, but that's my number two
2: backdashes its way into number two
1: right <laughs> this game but, wouldn't um the only reason this game did not make my top five is because of my criteria i i think castlevania symphony of the night is a fantastic game um it, it's my favorite in the series yes i can say that and uh, you know it, it is a better game than Simon's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> was it a, can, was it a replay for that. you? I love Simon's Quest. It was a replay for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I played this game um, about 10 years ago um, before our playthrough when we had first moved into, actually to uh, where we live now. Uh, and again, it was the one the one that my wife was like, enjoyed watching me play when I was playing it the first time. And um, yeah, I have such great memories of Symphony of the Night. It To me, it is one of the if not the best game to introduce someone to Castlevania on. Um, I, I think that if I had to recommend one Castlevania game for someone to play, I would say play Symphony of the Night. I, I don't think it's an overly difficult game, but it's still a very challenging and uh, fun game to play. Um, and the yeah, RPG was- elements just just add something great to the series.
4: It was my first uh, uh, foray into the Castlevania series, and that was really uh, enjoyable. I'm glad I started on that one. Um, the only reason it didn't make my top five is because I felt it was too similar to Super Metroid, where I kind of wanted to go with uh, one or the other. Right. And um, uh, so uh, I, I felt like Super Metroid was kind of the better of the two. Uh, like uh, I, I sort of felt like Castlevania, uh, though it was good, it was sort of the lesser symphony uh, or the lesser uh, Super Metroid, yeah. in my opinion. Okay.
1: Fair enough. All right. So with that, Jamie, let's get your number two pick.
4: My um, number two is another one that's been mentioned before, uh, Chrono Trigger. Okay. This one, uh, the first time I've ever played this game, the um, uh, first time I've ever played any of the uh, the Chrono games, uh, Chrono Cross being the other one. Um, uh, it was just amazing overall. Like uh, I definitely think this is probably the best RPG I've played. Um, uh, the uh, the story was pretty good. Uh, like There's a little bit of flaws, but uh, any time you have a time travel story, it's really difficult to mm-hmm. uh, make it be good in any way. And uh, to have this one not only be good, but be pretty great was really amazing, and I just loved a lot of stuff, like the the music was amazing, uh, definitely one of the best soundtracks I've heard in an old RPG. Um, the, The gameplay was really cool, I really loved how it was integrated well with the backgrounds, like the battles just kind of popped up and it seamlessly melded with the thing, it wasn't like a black screen fading to a different battle menu or something, and yeah, just all around really good, fun game. And one thing I forgot to mention when I was explaining my criteria for my list is these are all games I feel like I could replay. Um, uh, none of the other games that I really liked, uh, I well, some of them, yeah, but I think most of them are ones I probably wouldn't replay. Mm-hmm. But these are all ones I could easily see replaying, like, even though Chrono Trigger took me over 30 hours. So in your criteria, definitely...
1: you would have replay value as part exactly, of that Exactly, yeah. yeah uh, I
4: think all of these are ones that are really replayable.
1: Well, That's yeah. a
0: good point. I mean I, I don't know if I could say that about all my games but that's definitely a uh, a good thing to think about. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: And and
1: that's yeah, a it's a hard tough. thing to say about an RPG too. I mean, replayability is is tough on an RPG. Just you know, just because you put there's such a time commitment, there's so yeah, long. Exactly. It's not like a platform you could sit down and play a few hours of and, you know, beat it or something like Super Metroid that you know you can play in my case, you know about you know seven eight hours and and beat it and you do better the next time for sure but with an rpg it says a lot about it when you put it up this high and you're evaluating something like replayability
4: yeah Uh, to me these are games where i don't think i'm going to jump right back into them instantly but i could Mm -hmm. see in a few years down the line
1: maybe playing them again Mm -hmm. Yep, and this is one i've replayed um i replayed it around when it came out and um I mean, I, I played it around when it came out, and then I replayed it um, not long ago, um, you know, somewhere around a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, so definitely something that I I liked enough, and I felt, um, you know, uh, enough value for to play again as an RPG. So yeah,
4: especially with Chrono Trigger, where there's so many choices that affect the outcomes of the story and characters that you can lose or gain, and mm-hmm. all the stuff that's going to make each playthrough unique. It's definitely worth exploring a second time through.
1: Alrighty, so my number two pick is, I think more than anything, going to be a surprise that it's not number one, um, because I, you know, completely gushed over this game and talked about just how much I, I loved it and um, and how much I loved its counterpart. But uh, for me, um, Shadow of the Colossus, um, like uh, Floyd, made my number two spot and. Um, hmm. I guess I really can't say enough about it. And um but I'm I'm sure you guys are probably surprised it didn't make my number one. So but uh, I'm
0: trying to think what your number one is,
1: Matt. <laughs> exactly. <Nice. laughs> and I didn't and quite honestly I did not put um you know, I wasn't trying to be tricky or anything like that. There was there was just one more game that um that I really enjoyed the most, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in this year. Um, and I had the best time playing. So, um, I guess we've probably said enough about Shadows of the Colossus. So we can just move on uh, to everyone's number one pick. So this should be exciting. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm looking through our lists right now, and I'm trying to, um, trying to guess. You know uh, what everyone's number one pick is. I'm pretty sure I have Floyd's down, but uh, everyone else might have me a little stumped right now.
2: <laughs> okay, if. Um... If you think you can guess what mine is, um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. If
1: you to... <laughs> okay. I, I think maybe you. Um, I, I know your thoughts on this game. I know you liked Eco more than you did Shadow of the Colossus, so that would be my guess for your number one pick.
2: And you are right. Okay, great. Um, Eco, yeah, was indeed my favorite game for the year. Um, I mean, it's such a magical experience. And. We've already talked about what we think makes a perfect game um, on the show today, and um, you know, I thought when when I was making this list, I thought like my number one game has to be something that is definitely something that anybody can play, and anybody would appreciate, and anybody would walk away feeling fulfilled after having played it, and eco checks all of those boxes i mean you can you can take that game to any person of you know any um, political subscription or, or any culture and you know it will resonate with them in some way i mean it's it's totally accessible just like in the way that um you know the early mario games are so um perfect i mean like there's very little learning curve, and you kind of just learn by doing and a little bit of trial and error mm-hmm. i think you you have a lot of those simulators there with uh with eco um for me it was just such a such a magical experience kind of just everything hit that um you know moment of harmony with uh gameplay and visuals and music um and yeah i mean it, it uh it was so perfect for me everything was i was so Invested in, in seeing the story of Ico and Yorda all the way through to the end, um, you know, like their their bond that uh, transcends language and transcends time and space, even was uh, was something so magical and so special. Yeah. And um, you know, it's something that I do want to go replay. Like as soon as I finished playing, I said I want to play this again. Um, for various reasons, you know, just to re-experience it, um, to unlock the English subtitles for, for Yorda and the Queen in English, because they, they have their own sort of gibberish language, uh, to finally understand yeah, what, what nice. they're saying, right? Um, yeah. you know, to, to uncover more of this, uh, world that is, is so captivating and entrancing and magical. And yeah, it's, this is a, a real special game for me. I'm I'm really, really happy to have played it.
3: Cool.
4: I, I did not think I knew that uh, the English uh, option was an unlockable. I don't remember if we brought that up in the actual yeah. podcast about it. Yeah, yeah, it, I, didn't
2: yeah it. I didn't know that either. You have to uh, beat the game and then um, go select that save file that has the beaten game. And you'll start back at the beginning, but you'll have English subtitles for, for Yorda huh. and the Queen.
3: Cool, hmm. cool.
1: And I, I I agree with you, Floyd. As as far as like being a more universal game, I, I feel like Eco is more universal than Shadow of the Colossus. I know that you know some some people who game may not enjoy. Um, and I know I said this during the podcast. I would, if I had to choose one to to. Say okay, play this one first. I would say Shadow of the Colossus would be the game. I would say, well, because it's you know, more like some, video gamey game, right? Absolutely, but at the same time, I think with something like Eco, it's more, um, it's a little friendlier mm-hmm. to, to pass on to someone else because there's not there's not the violent aspect of it like you have on Shadow of the Colossus. The story is more of like a love story, so it's a little more. Uh, little more developed than what you get in shadow of the colossus where you don't know what the story is right and so so i i really i mean i agree with that point and you know i think you make a make a good point about the distinction between the two games and i think
2: um i i mean shadow of the colossus could have been my number one um Mm -hmm. like i guess eco and and shadow are like they're interchangeable um but i think like with uh with shadow you have um sort of that You know, clunky control system that you have to master if you want to beat the game. But with Mm -hmm. Eco, it's just you grab the controller and like off you go. You're 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 ready to play.
1: All right, cool. All right, so moving on to Sean. Sean had Eco at number four, but let's see what he's got for number one. My number one game of
0: all time is Sin and Punishment Star Successor on the (laughs) Nintendo Wii. (laughs) The end. (laughs) That's it.
1: (laughs) You know, I wasn't even thinking that someone would pick something for this month, but yeah, um, no, I'm. That's awesome. That's said that much. Are, yeah. are you? Are you? Okay. <laughs> no, <I'm> totally kidding. <laughs> Wait, you know. I thought you might have been, but I wasn't totally sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that was your pick, man. Yeah, no. As I said
0: in the does. shooter segment, uh, as m- I objectively think *Sin and Punishment* is a like a ten out of ten, but I w- I I don't think even in a top ten of my all time favorite games that it would be in it, just because of that. That's a different thing to me. But anyway, my number one playthrough for 2014 was *Parasite Eve*,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: Ooh. we did. We did do a podcast on Parasite Eve and Kingdom Hearts, but that was our like kind of practice prototype episode back when I had my Guitar Hero mic. And um, probably not a lot of people have heard that. I haven't even heard it. I didn't even know I had access to it <laughs> until Rich PM'd me about it a couple weeks ago. So I haven't heard it yet, but uh, one of these days I'm going to download and listen back to it. But um, yeah, Parasite Eve was a game that Uh, Growing up when I was a teenager, I was really into the PS1. I was playing Metal Gear Solid and Jet Moto and Cool Borders and Twisted Metal and all those great games that were out on the PS1. But I, again, wasn't an RPG guy when I was younger. So the fact that um, Parasite Eve was kind of survival horror and an rpg so i i associate survival horror with games that are really hard because i've never gotten that far into like a resident evil or something and then rpgs which i don't play so that game was like out of my league kind of and i always thought it was like you know out of reach or you know over my head and i never played it and Playing it for the playthrough really made me wish that I had, because that would have been an early opportunity to kind of open my mind and broaden my path at a younger age. Because this is a really awesome blend of uh, survival horror elements, uh, resource management, it's got a really cool campy sci-fi story. And it also has those RPG elements of, uh, you know, leveling up and HP systems and all that other kind of stuff and weapon modifications and things that, um, you know, we did discuss on a podcast that probably less people will hear than our other shows, but... I really love that game and again I, I I've actually mentioned it quite a few times on the show what an impact that game had on me uh so that's my number one pick parasite eve amazing great choice yeah, um really good choice. yeah
2: that, that's that's a really good game um uh I, I I feel really unfortunate that I wasn't able to uh to see it through to the end but you know I had a lot of fun playing it and uh no really uh really really fun game really um like it bridged the gap between survival horror and, and r p g really well, so yeah yeah great choice man yeah cool.
3: yeah thanks nice yeah,
4: I had a lot of fun with it um uh, I think it just wasn't quite top five material for me, just like some of these other ones um it it was really good though, like I enjoyed it a lot, just uh, some issues like a bit clunky controls and, and less than stellar storyline and some other things, but um uh, yeah, overall it' was a really good game,
1: all right, so what is your number one game?
4: My number one is one that's been mentioned twice now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think twice. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. Good. Uh, to choice. me, this was yeah, made the break. Right uh, this uh, is very number one uh, <laughs> to me. Uh, like, of all these games that I played, uh, this was one that um, I was trying to think about for uh, the number one. I, I wanted it to be something where I felt like the story blended well with the gameplay. Um, and I didn't want it to be just in cutscenes, I wanted it to be like an environmental kind of story. And this is that game, like, there's no other game that does this better, in my mind. Um, and, like, you get the story through the exploration and through the environment, and uh, the cutscenes kind of supplement that, but they aren't the main part of the story. And, um, yeah, just it hit all the check bar- boxes for everything, and uh, there's no real flaws that I can think of mm. um, uh, with it. Uh, like, uh, to me, the controls weren't as clunky as you guys... Seemed to have issues with them. Like they, they weren't perfect, but they were really good in my mind.
1: I didn't and... have a problem with the controls. After I I learned the controls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah once, once you get them, not too bad. I thought they were yeah. better in Shadow than they were in Eco. I thought, that's
4: what I thought yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, so that's why it's higher up for me. Yeah. And yeah, I just I felt like it was really cool gameplay. Like every fight was unique, and uh, every uh, time you moved around the map, you had to think of something new, and uh, they didn't didn't hold your hand through any of it. Like you really had to use your uh, head and think about what's going on and for the story you had to think uh outside the box to sort of figure out what might be going on here and it was just all around really good and a lot of fun
1: and it was so cool yeah exactly it was cool <laughs> it just <laughs> defines epic <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and- that was why it was my number two. And uh, again, I'm I'm sure a lot of you are pretty surprised it did not make my number one pick, but if anyone cares to try to guess my number one pick before I announce it, I'll be happy to uh, take
2: it. Let's see here. What are the choices? I, I, I don't know. Any idea? Yeah.
4: I am not sure. I, I kinda I don't know. I feel like it could be um maybe something like I don't know, uh Donkey Kong Country uh, I'm really not sure
3: no, <laughs> I know. no. You're,
2: you're you're not as predictable as I am so
1: yeah I knew how you gushed over both games and which one you you like the most but uh I actually went with Sean on this. Parasite Eve was my favorite game of the year. Oh, nice! Cool. Wow, yeah. I
0: actually wasn't expecting
1: that. Yeah, cool, yeah. I had so we can talk more game. about it. Yay! Yeah, hooray! That's, <laughs> 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 that's, that's why I was that's why was very quiet when you <laughs> didn't say anything. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna save it. I'm not gonna say this is on my list too because obviously it would have been number one. But uh, yeah, yeah. Parasite Eve was that game. Um, you know, having this place, having the PlayStation when I was in college, and um, people had always mentioned *Parasite Eve*. You know, in passing, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't want to play that. I, I played *Resident Evil 2*, and to be honest, I, I, I don't like survival horror horror stuff. I, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, though I am excited to play *The Last of Us*. It's, it's a different type of game. But I was never a big fan of the *Resident Evil* games. I'll probably catch some flack for that. But, um. I had roommates who loved Resident Evil. Played through Resident Evil Two. I watched them play, and I just there's something about it that I just just really didn't take to like a lot of people did, and that was the reason I avoided playing Parasite Eve for so long. But um, the playthrough um, of Parasite Eve was just phenomenal. Um, great group of people playing it. Most of us, I think, playing it for the first time. Am I right about that? Uh, that was my first time with uh, the game well I don't remember it was
0: earlier in the year so it's kind of hard to remember all the details well I mean oh out of of the four of us yeah it was definitely my first time absolutely
1: yeah and I think that there was something like very special about playing that game so early on with a lot of people that had never played it and for people just be like wow this is a really cool game now you know it has its flaws I mean the weapon system as we mentioned in the podcast which a lot of people are not going to get to hear um was you know was was different uh but um you know at at the same time it's a little difficult to figure out the instructions for doing it weren't easy it wasn't easy to figure out how to you know upgrade your weapons there's a lot of stuff you could miss but um I, i just i don't know there's something about it i love the way that like during combat Every combat sequence was different. The room was shaped a different way. You had to move and you had to wait for your, um, you know, your attack to power up. And you had to do things in between just not, not like a lot of RPGs where you just kind of stand there and just wait you mm-hmm. know, for your time and you just press a button. You had to be very interactive. And uh, I thought the story was, was good, too, you know just what I
4: think about it, uh, the uh, uh gameplay there with the battles was kind of similar to Chrono Trigger in the way that it uh, took the environment uh, to make the battle screen yeah. just uh, sort of been an upgrade with the movement and uh, the mm. not stationary
1: yeah yeah you just had limited space that you could move in mm. and sometimes this would be problematic and you really had to think it you know think it out and kind of learn your enemy and how what their movements were so you know it was just a it was yeah i i often didn't get uh
2: afraid of the enemies more so like the environment that or like the space that i had to work with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah the, and, and that, this, oh yeah but uh that opera scene at the beginning you know what a way to kick off the game yeah and the rat
4: getting morphed oh. into the monster thing oh yeah <laughs> that when that gross. happened the first
1: time man it's like oh my god <laughs> but yeah, you I would, talk about I starting
2: just... the game with a bang yeah
0: I would just add I forgot to mention when I brought up the game as my number one is that I I love to play as um as a female character. If given the option, I will always pick a female character over a male character. And this mm-hmm. is something that is um you know, it's a hot topic now in the industry and in mm-hmm. game development. If you if anybody's following, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a big deal now like diversity in in characters in gaming. But back mm-hmm. then you know I'm not saying it was a novelty to have a playable female character, but I think Ayabrea is one of the better characters from mm-hmm. you know from that time as being a strong female lead so that that was another mm-hmm. like big deal about the game for me, yeah, actually now
4: that you mentioned that, I was just looking at my list, and three out of my top five games were all female protagonists. So. Um, like a Super Metroid, Fantasy Star, and Mr. Makers. Those yeah, are all there you go. See, we so were a
0: very progressive group yeah. here at ourgeneration.com. <laughs> There's no the women. Leading ladies uh, of games. No women use our website, but
1: we play games with female <laughs> uh, characters. In them. Well, I could say three out of five of mine also if I included Fantasy Star, since uh, you do. Oh, yeah. Your main your main character in Fantasy yeah, Star is a female I'm sorry. Was a I was going to say yeah. if you could include your party, but, no, you, yes, but the your main, main character. character fantasy star is a female so yes mm-hmm.
4: i don't remember her name off the top of my head right now no, but yeah no, no it was a female
1: yeah that's very early on so yeah there you absolutely. go absolutely we're gonna have to play, a uh, doom raider now <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, well great list guys i mean um i mean of course you know only two of us could be correct in our number one picks but <laughs> other than that <laughs> other than that i think uh you know great you know everyone had a really cool list some some nice little surprises in there including uh someone picking a game from 2013. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I did want to kind of talk about a little bit. I know we weren't going to do honorable mentions, but I did tell everyone before the call. I was like, let's maybe talk about our least favorite. I don't want to say mm-hmm. worse, but maybe our least favorite or most disappointing game of 2014. It could be your worst, but you know, um, just something that you just really didn't care for that, um, or, or maybe you had high expectations for that just did not, um, you know, accomplish that goal of impressing you. All right, Floyd, let's start off with you.
2: Well, my um, biggest disappointment of the year was a game that I really wanted to like. And I didn't hype it up in my mind to be um, more than it really was. But uh, it, just, it just didn't gel with me. And that game is kingdom hearts. Okay. Um oh wow, okay. Like I guess I guess it just wasn't made for me. Um I mean, there were a lot of things that I liked about it as well. Um but it just wasn't uh, as Bill would say, wasn't my jam. Um <laughs> just um <laughs> despite, you know, all the effort and, you know, trying to get into it and trying to like it, just I couldn't I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah I'm mostly
0: with you and I I, when we played that game I think that's that's kind of back to a time when I really cared about like finishing a game that I was hosting at any costs. I'm not sure if I would have finished it uh, otherwise. Um, I had a lot of mixed feelings about that game as well so I can I'm not that's not my biggest disappointment but I'm totally with you on why you have the feelings that you do about that game.
2: Yeah it's not that I, I didn't like it and it's not that I think it's a bad game. I mean it's it's pretty good. I mean, it does suffer from some of the drawbacks that a lot of early three D games had, or a lot of early PS two games had. Um, but you know, like it, it's it's a well made game. Story is is pretty interesting. But just no, I I, I couldn't get into
0: it. Now I'm curious, I think I posted somewhere on the forums that I'm actually I'm actually optimistic about playing another Kingdom Hearts game in the future because I, mm. I understand that they are very much improved even starting with Kingdom Hearts two and that like the, some of the handheld entries are particularly good, so even though I didn't like the I didn't love the first game, um, I'm kind of uh optimistic about maybe trying another one in the future. Do you feel the same way or are you like done with the series?
2: Uh no, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I'm yeah. open to, uh, to the experience. Um, and like I said, it's not that I dislike these games. It's just, um, the first one, especially, it's not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe with the improvements that, uh, happened in, uh, in two and the handhelds and you know what, we'll, we'll see what, uh, Kingdom Hearts three has to, has to offer. Right. Um, you know maybe there were some improvements made on uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 um i played it on the on the original release so you know maybe maybe that is the um the the worse of of the two versions that you know we have at uh, at our disposal but you know yeah if if you do want to play some more kingdom hearts
1: i'm i'm open to that right on. cool i just i just want to just say this i i know that our episodes typically come out at the beginning um, of the month, and um, I want to, as as you all know, Parasite Eve and Kingdom Hearts were played at the same time, and we did our episode zero on those two games. Um, As we mentioned before in this podcast, that was a pilot episode, it was released to um, the administrators of the website just could, so they could get a feel for what our show was going to be like. It's actually a good episode. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah I yeah, agree. And, and we've offered this episode up to people. We're currently going at this time – uh, for our 2014 fund drive at RF Generation, where we're asking people to donate money to the website um, to help fund us for another year. Uh, of course, RF Generation is the type of website we, we do not have any type of advertising. It's totally member funded. All submissions and everything on the website are done by members. And for that reason, I think... It's a fantastic community. Um, it
2: really is, you know, like,
1: by the collectors, for the collectors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a member of RF Generation, come join. I mean, it's free. You can house your database for free. You meet some really awesome people on our forums. And... Um, if you haven't donated uh, for the fun to fund the site, actually the fun site the donation drive is going really well uh, right now. I'm I'm hosting that, but if you haven't donated, please donate. If you donate, uh, we've got a great raffle going on right now, um, which you know you're probably going to miss, unfortunately, if you're listening to this. But we, if you donate at least twenty bucks, we are offering up our episode zero to anyone who donates twenty bucks. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like since People are probably going to hear this at the beginning of the year. Um, if anyone donates twenty bucks during the month of January, um, just let us know. And I feel like because this is going to be um, broadcast after um, mm-hmm. the donation drives over, if you donate twenty bucks to the website, we'll send you a copy of Episode Zero if you would like it. So just um, just make sure you get in touch with us. We'll just kind of add that on as sort of a caveat. Uh, just for the month of January, if you'd like to listen to it, because I think it's a it's a really good episode. It's uh, it's a little raw, you know. It's us, um, it's know, pretty shaky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting together kind for of... the first time. But I, I think there's some you know really good analysis of both games. You know, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun to uh, go back and, and you
2: know see how how nervous and inexperienced we were, <laughs> and, you know now that uh, now that we have taken off the training wheels, all right. <laughs>
1: Man, it's a, it's a lot better. All right. mm-hmm. And and sorry to steal the upcoming thunder of your least favorite game, Sean, but. Uh, no, that's uh, all
0: right. That was a really good plug, and I think uh, extending the uh, donation incentive
1: is a good idea. So yeah, that's help awesome. us start collecting for next, for the uh, following year. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. All um,
0: right. Yeah, so real quick, my. My biggest disappointment by far was Sui Coden two because that for the reasons that I love Suey Coden one that I just went over, I really wanted Suey Coden two to be just as great of a playthrough it's a much mm-hmm. not much better game it's a better it's a much improved game, a better game um but you know i again, I spoke at length about this on the podcast. We just kind of rushed into it. people weren't ready I wasn't ready um it, it should have been a two-month game. We were playing uh, – was that the month we did Chrono Trigger? The same month or something? Like we did some kind of crazy – It was uh, Eco. It yeah, was, was that Eco. Month. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, one of the problems was that I was too busy playing Eco to play Coden two. Yeah. Um, that's what happened. <laughs> but, yeah. So – and uh, on top of all of this, we were saying, well – this game might come to PSN. Well, no, it's not. Let's just play it, and people can drop $120 on it if they want to play it. So now we find out this week that Suikoden Two is now out <laughs> on the PlayStation Network. So, you know, that's my biggest disappointment is that this game, you know, we could have given it a really good treatment, and, you know, it's gone now, you know. So that's yeah. it's sad to me. But I, uh, to anybody listening, we already said, you know, when I had uh, Sir Psycho on the show, and we did our short segment on it. Uh, go play this game; it's ten bucks now. You have no excuse. Go get <laughs> it if you have a
1: PlayStation Three or a Vita. Play it. Play it now. Yeah. So, you, so your um disappointment wasn't in the game itself, but more in the the actual playthrough for the month. It's
2: like the almost lack of community involvement.
0: Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. And it's not the community's fault. It's the it's it was just yeah. um. Uh, circumstances poor exactly poor timing and the circumstances of it uh yeah. that's that's why it was disappointing I, I i didn't play any games that i hated for the for the playthrough this year so i don't really have anything to come at from that angle so that's why i went with Sui Coden too yeah. yeah
3: yeah okay
0: all right jamie
3: yeah, for
4: uh, for me, I think I kind of agree with uh, Sean there. There wasn't anything this year that I felt like I outright hated. Um, that's why I have mine labeled as least favorite, because it's just not as good as the other ones, uh, in my opinion. And I had to go with System Shock 2 for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to like this game, because when I first started playing it, I was like, this is pretty cool. Uh, but the more I played it, the less I got interested in it, and this ended up being the only game out of the ones I started for playthroughs that I actually just kind of gave up on and I dropped it.
2: Um, if you're not alone.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure i not. You know what? That was
0: probably... That was my other big disappointment, but I feel that the playthrough and the podcast segment that we did like we salvaged something pretty good I think so hmm. I was...
4: So I haven't listened to the uh, podcast yet because what? I wasn't sure if I was going <laughs>
1: to <laughs> <laughs> shame <laughs> yeah I know I was worried about spoilers and I I
4: hadn't finished the game so I thought maybe in case I go back to it I don't want to oh, spoil okay. the ending or anything like
2: that yeah so that's yeah. my excuse but I think um, it's just yeah. like Sean and I um I don't think we quit because we didn't like the game. I think, sure. I think just the game got the better of us. I Absolutely. mean, it was, you know, we went in over our heads, bit off mm-hmm. more than we can chew. Um, it was really difficult. It is a it is a super tough game. Um, yep. And but definitely when you play um, System Shock Two and you have um, the Bioshock series in mind, you can you can see a really um nice evolution in uh, in terms of um like a franchise and gameplay and storytelling and you know like that i really enjoyed
1: yes yeah. yeah, sir all right. All right. all right all right so for me that? um my least favorite or most disappointing there were i had to choose between two because there was one that i completely mailed in and probably most people know what that is um so but, what, what are
2: you what are your two contenders uh, for your least no I,
1: i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put my uh my most disappointing out there okay. um but but i well i, gonna, I, won't, I won't i won't talk guess? about it in length but i but i'll say that beyond oasis was the game that i mailed in oh uh, yeah uh, I, but it wasn't was the game that. yeah but it wasn't the game i was most disappointed in uh i think the most disappointing game for me and uh ooh, it's on someone's top five list was uh, mischief makers. Oh, mm. oh, interesting! Got some <laughs> contention now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not an N64 guy. It's hmm. probably my least favorite system of, of all the systems, and it's just I I went PlayStation at that point and just really never looked back. Uh, though I have picked up some of the you know the later um, Nintendo systems. Um, I just found that. For me it was one of those games where everybody had like really hyped up and they said it was oh it's gonna be a lot of fun and but I could not get the the controls with it. I could not get the controls all the bouncy hmm. i would said that at one point it's such a bouncy game that's how I described it at one point it's so bouncy i I could not get into that uh, the sprite work was cool um it it was a pretty game, but I could never get the controls right after just trying so many times, and and really trying, and and making yeah. a huge effort at the beginning of the year to to do that, and um, to me, that was just um just just really disappointing play for me. Well, that's like the thing I said, your my movie. Uh,
4: top five there, uh, it was uh, pretty clunky controls, and that's the only reason it is on the lower end of my yeah. top five. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought it was it was quirky, it was kind of fun, and something different. Um, mm-hmm. but it is very
1: niche, and yeah. it's not for everyone. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it was a bad game at all. Um, mm. I'm just saying it was um, probably the one that was hyped up the most for me. And yeah, there was, was a lot of hype, <laughs> and it was the the most disappointing. I felt like um, I'd mentioned Beyond Oasis. I I just kind of ran into that as being like a Zelda light game, so there was a little hype behind that. But overall, once I you know playing it, I didn't. I wasn't like overly disappointed. In it, though I, I, I couldn't you know beat it um, mm-hmm. because the height wasn't as extreme. Yeah, besides the, the Zelda
4: comparison, though, there, there wasn't really anyone who had heard of that game. It really seemed to be a bit of uh, out
1: of left field kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just say this, that was the worst comparison ever. That's <laughs> not like a Zelda game. Gosh. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Got it out All of right. your system? It's probably,
2: it's probably worth pointing out that we do um, give every game that we play a real honest effort. That's and cool. sometimes we just come across games that don't click with us. I mean, and everybody goes through that. Every, every gamer will, um, will, will come into a certain game with, uh, you know, high hopes and, and wanting to enjoy uh, the experience. But sometimes, you know, not every game is made for every person
1: and that's the beauty mm-hmm. of this playthrough and, and our playthroughs you're not we know even the games that we pick we know that they're not going to be games that are going to be stellar or games that we're just going to gush over or you know, love for the rest of our lives it it's going to happen sometimes that that we're going to pick a title that we're not as excited about and that's what you know that's what makes us all special that makes us all great and like what we like right i mean we, we kind of surprise ourselves
2: every month right we, yeah mm-hmm, yeah you know, it can go either way. Can can love it or we can hate it.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah.
2: That's what's really good about
0: the community too. Whereas, like in the case of System Shock Two, there's games that like I can't even finish. Like, oh oh crap! I picked a game to host that I can't even get through. But the people in the mm. community did it, and they carried the conversation, and we even <laughs> let them carry the podcast for us. So yes. it's you know it's. Um, it's really cool and gratifying that, you know, it is truly a community, uh, playthrough in, the, mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. So thanks to everybody for that. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. yeah. Big thanks to everyone and, for joining and us. And everyone
2: is so supportive too. I mean, if whenever somebody's stuck, it, it's always really nice to see people chipping in with, uh, with tips and advice and just, you know, words of encouragement to keep pushing through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Yeah. And, um, before we uh, cut off here, I don't want to drag it up too much longer. I know we said we weren't going to do runners-up, but is it okay <laughs> yeah. if I mention a couple of them? Sure, you're <laughs> right We've kind of kept the uh, overall length of this segment down actually quite a lot lower than I was expecting. I could have seen us going like two hours or something. <laughs> um, but uh, I really want to mention uh, The Last of Us and Dear Esther, both as uh, major... Honorable mentions for me. Um, okay. I think uh, Floyd would probably agree on The Last of Us. I'm not sure about Dear Esther, um, but um, yeah, both of them had really great stories, and I felt like they had a lot of lot to offer. Uh, it's just as a whole package, they didn't really follow through. Um, like Dear Esther was a uh, great story, but no gameplay, and mm-hmm. so it barely counts as a game. And then The Last of Us, uh, it had okay gameplay, but it just didn't really meld well with the story. Uh, like it was kind of you're in a movie, and then suddenly you're in a game, and it's back and forth, and it didn't feel like it really meshed well, at least in my opinion, and so that's why I had them as runner-ups. But yeah, and both of them were ones that I ran through really quickly mm. uh, when I first played them, and I was so excited about them.
2: But, yeah, well, all all of those four PC indies were were really ga- great games. Um, probably not, you know, great enough to make it into a top five list. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all they're all really good for for their own reasons. Um, you know, it's also probably because a lot of us liked Eco as well. Um, it's probably worth discussing Lost in Shadow, which is just sort of like the the failed attempt at recreating Eco almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just like Eco that happens in the background. Um, once again, not a game that's bad, but just uh, you know,
4: no,
2: it, it's no, it's, it, it's it's a really well made game. Just once again, not for everybody.
0: You know Maybe. what, uh, Floyd? I wanted to ask you just real quick while we're talking about games that really didn't set the world on fire in the forums. Would you recommend that uh, people play Muramasa? Because I've always had that on my like mm-hmm. backlog to play, and I have it yeah. on both Wii and Vita. So I, I, you know, I didn't participate in that playthrough. Should I play it, or like yes or no, play it? Um, I'm gonna say yes. Okay, That's I'm, I'm, I I'm to gonna know. say um, it's. It, <laughs> no, I was it's, just curious your thoughts on that because there was like no feedback and no action on that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it well, was a really dead month. You yeah. see,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a really dead month. Um, and if you if you do beat Miramasa, you're not gonna remember it forever and ever. But um, I think while you're playing it, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Um and it's it's by the developers of Odin Sphere so you know you're getting something yeah. good right um it, it incorporates a little bit of uh Metroidvania in there and like there's a lot of backtracking um visually the game is stunning I mean like you could take a screenshot and hang that up on your wall as as a piece of art mm-hmm. um a lot of quirky dialogue and like it, it's also really Japanese so you'll appreciate that yes I will um yeah yeah we will um cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. Don't go in with uh, super high expectations, but just, like, the story is pretty forgettable. The gameplay is just button mashing. But it's, you know, you can, if you want to play for 20 minutes, half an hour, you can do that and just drop out for a little while and come back to it a week later, a month later, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worth it's worth picking up for sure. Cool. I'll
1: probably check it out, man. Thank you. It was no one of those worries. games that took me a while to to track down, and when we decided to do a playthrough... Um, I, I was so, um, engrossed in trying to finish Beyond Oasis that, which, which I wasn't able to do that, that I was not able to play Miramasa. And it was, it's one of the games that I really wanted to play. Um, but, um, uh, I, I was not able to, and, um, I, I definitely hope that we're looking at some point and maybe doing Odin Spear. Oh, I would uh, love that at some point. So, um, I, I would love to do that at some point and, uh I think I would yeah, just recommend
2: fun. the the Vita version, um, just because you can you can stop the game at any time. Because sometimes the game won't hold your attention from uh, save point to save point, and if you just want to stop somewhere in the middle. I know that's that's what's so beautiful about the Vita.
1: Yep. All right, guys. Well, if no one has anything else, um, again, I just want to thank our. Um, both our listeners and our participants, for such a, a wonderful 2014. Um, I think we're, we're really excited about 2015 and what's coming up to play. Um, we've got some, some really cool games coming up um, in January, which we'll already have announced. We'll be playing, uh, on the retro side, we'll be playing Kid Icarus. On the Nintendo, I will be hosting that. And on the modern side, we'll be playing 50 Cent Blood on the Sand, uh, released on the PS3 and Xbox 360. And um, Sean will be hosting that game for us. Yeah, it's I already a- started playing
0: it. It's really good. Um, if you can, grab a buddy. uh and get him or her to get a copy of the game because it's kind of designed for co-op and unfortunately not couch co-op so find somebody Mm -hmm. to play with online uh but it's a really really good game yeah it's so
4: weird because uh, i always see games like that based on celebrities and stuff and you you never expect those to be good games (laughs) like you look at Mm -hmm. them on the shelf you you wouldn't think that's going to be an amazing game yeah, this is like, kind of one of those
3: always...
0: odd ones that just kind of, yeah. you know, everybody assumed it was crap, but then it kind of popped up as, like, a cult classic from enough people just saying, like, wow, yeah. this game is really good, actually, check it
1: out, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's cool when developers don't, like, mail it in. Right. You know, they're just like, right. hey, let's, e- even though this is, you know, I mean honestly i mean 50 cent i mean that he's not yeah, like, exactly. he's not popular anymore i mean but but the, at the same time the fact that they did melanin and they still built a serious game around him and, and i'm sure there's some moments they're going to be tongue-in-cheek they're gonna be funny but you know it, it says a lot about video game people and, and people still wanting to do a, a fantastic job you know in, in in their work so um you know that that's going to be really cool and if you're just listening to this um you know it You'll be getting this podcast at the beginning of the month, so you can, there's still plenty of time to jump in, jump in at any time with our playthroughs. You don't have to start on the first day. But, um, um, I'll I'll say that there's one thing that we're, uh, not looking for in 2015, and, um, that is that we're losing one of our co hosts. And, um, (laughs) um, we are, um, we're losing, um, one of our modern co hosts. Um, you guys know him on the website as Tech Wizard, but Jamie, who, um, is uh, one of our editors um, and he's been editing the show since um, the inception um, and uh, it's been uh, uh, getting a lot of help from Floyd, but kind of handing the full reins over this time.
3: Mm.
1: um, And... um, I'm sorry. Jamie was on the retro side with me. Why not say it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I was, was going to correct you. I just was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we switch so much sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I had a couple really appreciate yeah, Jamie and, uh, we really appreciate all your hard work and everything you've done for the show. It's uh, we're going to miss having you, uh, with the playthroughs, uh, as my partner. And, uh, you know going to miss uh having you on the retro podcast with me as well and um you know i I know you got some things in your future that that you're wanting to take care of for those of you Mm -hmm. don't know jamie is a pilot and uh flies small planes for for a hobby and is wanting to do a little more into that and uh, some other things going on in his life so um wish you the best and uh thank you for everything you contributed to the show and uh we really appreciate it, and hopefully, um, I really hope that we can uh, have you back on the show uh, during uh sometimes. I know you'll be doing maybe some playthroughs with us and uh, would really love to have you on in the future again.
4: Yeah, definitely try to uh, step uh, back in every once in a while and uh, dip my toes back into what you guys are doing.
1: Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that wraps up our uh, December episode. Um, Just want to thank everyone again for listening, for playing. Join us in 2015. Should be a great time with some great games. Thanks, guys.